You're listening to the Awesome Podcast Network. Got a supersized episode of 80s Revisited coming your way right now. You might have just seen Macho Man Randy Savage pinned dead Tibiasi at WrestleMania 4 at Trump Plaza on March 27th, 1988. And then a few days later, you would have seen the Academy Awards with The Last Emperor taking home nine Oscars. An incredible feat at that time. But in between that, on April 1st, April Fool's Day, you might have seen a little film called Beetlejuice. And that's what we're about to talk about right now, along with my top 10 best and worst films of the year, and also... Who Sat in Gum on 80s Revisited. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now, your host, Trey Harris. Barbara, how did you do that? Hope you like Italian. <laughs> where'd you go? Hey, come on! Hey, where'd you go? Hey, come on! You gotta work with me here! I'm just trying to cut a D! What do you want me to do? Where are you? You bunch of losers! You're working with a professional here! Nice fucking model! And it's nice to be fucking back here with Jesse recording a brand new episode of 80s Revisited. And just like Beatlejuice was saying, Wait, where'd you go? Where'd you go? What happened? Well, there's a long story there. Uh-huh. Let me explain. No, there's no time. No. Let me sum up. <laughs> Basically, we had death, moving, vacations, purchasing Business. of businesses, all sorts of crazy stuff. But we're still here. We're fine. I'm fine. We're all fine here. How are you? Hope you're doing good. But uh, yeah, so it's good to be back. We've both been, uh, you know, sad to be away for so long. But hey, that's, that's life sometimes. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. Finally, the long-awaited Beetlejuice episode. Oh, yes. uh, our good friend Ben in Tasmania. I know you. he's still sitting there like, when y'all guys coming back at the end of all this podcast? Well, finally, Ben, your prayers have been answered. We heard you. Here we go. Finally, finally, Beetlejuice. Hope you had time to catch up and see it. Uh, and despite the release date of this movie being April 1st, it's not April Fool's Day. This isn't a joke. We're back in business here at 80s Revisited. So, Beetlejuice, April 1st, 1988. IMDb gives it a 7.5. Rotten Tomatoes, however, 8.1. Uh, I'm sorry, 81%. It's been a long time. There'll be some fub-ups, as usual. 82% audience, so that's some pretty good numbers for both Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb in my book. Uh, Anything 7 or above on IMDb is worth checking out. I find, uh, at least on average, more hits or misses when it comes to that. Had an estimated $15 million budget, opened at 8. Domestically would go on to grow 73.7. Couldn't find any worldwide statistics, but in rentals it made an additional 33.2, so over $100 million on a $15 million estimated budget for this fantastic movie. Hmm. Still waiting on the sequel. Supposedly it's in the works. Is it? But probably not. (laughs) I don't think it's... They had our hopes up saying what Keaton and Ryder and Burton were all like interested in... Still nothing since then, but one can hope because no matter how old Michael Keaton gets, he's got to be a dead guy anyway in this movie, in this sequel, so it'll be fine. But anyway, they should call it Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. The big grin. <laughs> That's genius. Copyright Jesse Sedgley. Then the third one Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. <laughs> They'd have to make a third one. Yeah, they, it'd be fantastic. That's genius. That's perfect. God, we're, we're so smart here. Yeah. Now, if that happens, you know, we know somebody out there is listening to the podcast. They thought of it already. Probably. <laughs> yeah. We took too long to get this episode to come out. That's why. I know. But uh, directed by Tim Burton, of course, Batman, Sleepy Hollow, Ed Wood, uh, the Alice in Wonderland 
not reboot, I guess, but live action, all sorts of stuff. You know who Tim Burton is. You should know who Tim Burton is. Uh, screenplay by M- Michael McDowell. He also did The Nightmare Before Christmas and Warren Scarin. He also worked on the screenplay for Batman and Beverly Hills Cop 2. Uh, mm. Starring the great, underappreciated Michael Keaton as Beetlejuice. Uh, he's my Batman. Uh, also Birdman and the other guys. If you haven't seen the other guys, check it out. And, uh, and the Vulture. Yep, that's right. <laughs> uh, coming up in the new Spider-Man. Uh, he's all sorts of mans. Yeah, Birdman. <laughs> well, it's not Vulture Man, but... Oh, it's all sorts of flying birds. <laughs> yeah. Well, bats aren't birds, but flying creatures. Uh, That's kind of Michael King's thing. things. There you go. Bam. Condor Man remake. I know you can go to. <laughs> yeah. Please don't ever do that. Although if Michael Keaton was in it, I might be interested to see oh, it. Oh, boy. Uh, actually, Condor actually, Man. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. No, 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 no. Let's get this back on track. No, no mention of that. But, uh, yeah, also uh, a lot of Oscar buzz right now currently for Keaton with uh, The Founder, which is the McDonald's well, movie. I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, I want to see it. Uh, also, the lovely at this point still, Gina Davis as Barbara, of course, the fly veteran of the podcast, but also Thelma and Louise, Cutthroat Island, if you want to go to her low end. The Long Kiss Good Night. I was getting there. Okay. My personal favorite that movie of hers. I know. I've seen it so many times. That's so good. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, most people today would know him as the guy who impersonates Trump on SNL, but Alec Baldwin, before he did that and had to scrounge for things to do, because despite, you know, let's get the, let's, let's be honest here. Alec Baldwin, you know, 30 Rock's gone. Mm-hmm. He, ain't, he doesn't have a show, sitcom anymore. You don't see him turning up in movies too often. And, you know, for all the bad-mouthing and stuff he does for Trump, Trump's already created one job for Alec Baldwin to be relevant again. You know, he takes scale for that. Like to go on SNL and do that. I mean, doesn't there it is? He gets paid fourteen hundred dollars each time. Now that's it sounds like a lot, but it really isn't for someone who. Oh yeah, and that's you know that's somebody that was getting millions for a film back in the eighties and nineties, and probably still today he'd probably get something like that for that. He has to show up every Saturday and do that job for just fourteen hundred dollars. Well, so I mean the publicity, and I mean that's it's furthering his career. I mean it's a it's a brilliant move. I guess so. I mean, what else is he doing? Uh, Exactly. Match game. Yeah, you know, so I mean, He's this is keeping him relevant for, you know, movie that's roles true. and other stuff. So that's a smart thing to do as an actor. Yeah. But uh, of course, like I mentioned, Humphrey Red October, The Departed, uh, The Shadow, he was The Shadow, one of my mm. favorites. Uh, also had Tim Curry in it, so always worth mentioning. Uh, the lovely Catherine O'Hara was De- uh, De- Delia, however you pronounce it in the movie. Uh, of course, Home Alone, Best in Show. Uh, speaking of Best in Show and like the Christopher Guest. Reality-based yeah. movies. There was a re- uh, original on Netflix recently, Mascots. Yes, I saw it. It was fantastic. I, I yeah. like Best in Show. What's the other one? There was that was the dog show. There was uh, one other one. Waiting for Guffman was another one he did. That was the uh, reality kind, of, like the you know the interview kind of. There's three of them. Yeah, it's let's just get that. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, Best in Show. Oh no, uh, uh, the music one, A Mighty Win. That's it. Yeah. And uh, Mascots, like I like. I love those movies. You know, it's a lot of the same repeat actors uh, that you Spinal see in tap. Them. He was uh, Nigel in that. You know, yeah. I am Sco to Eleven, and of course he was Rugen in The Princess Bride, and now he's a very talented director and still married to Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, but that, of course, it says we're not revisiting that film. But uh, Jeffrey Jones, convicted child uh, pedophile, as Charles. I always like to mention that when we mention him on the podcast, <laughs> uh, despite the fact that he was great in this and Ferris Bueller and also yeah. Ravenous, which is on Netflix. If you haven't seen Ravenous, a great Guy Pierce movie. We believe in labels. <laughs> I mean, legally, we have to say, I mean, when you mention his name. Because he can't do it anymore. Registered sex offender. It's a shame. I thought, you know, great actor. But hey, you know, whatever. <laughs> Hitler was a great speaker, but look what he did. You know, we can't praise I him. he was dead. Nope. He's not dead. 
Oh, he's he's just, probably in Florida somewhere because that's where they tend to go when they have that kind geez. of route. Uh, the lovely anything lately. What is the last thing he did? Just curiosity. 10.0 earthquake in 2014, which sounds Glad like a sci-fi thing. And probably yeah, just <laughs> nothing you would mentioning. So that's the, that's the only thing that would touch him. Deadwood was the last notable thing he did in mm-hmm. 06. TV show. Yep, so. Ten years ago. Yeah, I mean, he, he's. I'm sure he had enough. Well, at the court bills, probably don't have much left, but know, yeah. and he's poisoned now. Nobody's going to touch him. I mean, wow. Tarant- it would take a Tarantino-esque comeback for him to be relevant again. You could probably Google and find out exactly where he lives. <laughs> I'm sure. In <laughs> fact, if I was in his neighborhood and I got the card, <laughs> Jeffrey Jones, like, Jeffrey Jones, the great actor. Okay, kids, never go talk to this man, <laughs> but I'm going to go talk to him about the movies he was in. Don't do what Dad does. Don't do do what I say, not what I do. Do not go to his house. But I want to go chat about Beetlejuice and Ferris Bueller. But anyway, the lovely Winona Ryder is Lydia. Of course, Stranger Things most recently. Most people will know her, the mom from Stranger Things. But uh, Heather's, uh, Edward Scissorhands, Star Trek. She was Spock's mom in the reboot. Uh, you know, very, uh, still relevant and still beautiful actress, if I had to say Stranger so. Things, though, was her revival, for oh, sure. De- like, that was her reboot. For her career, like she was phenomenal in it. Looking back, I mean, what was the last thing that notable that she Star was Trek? In? But I mean, that was tiny, and yeah. she died in it, and so she wasn't in Into Darkness or the next one. A very yeah, small that was role. Mr. Deeds, that's the only one. That was probably the last like <laughs> starring thing. Yeah, like big. And that was that, uh, I, that I've seen at least. So, yeah. yeah, Stranger Things was like her comeback for sure. Yeah, but fantastic. If you haven't seen it, we mentioned on the podcast before. Check it out. Uh, Glenn Shaddix was Ortho. Or ortho, however they pronounce it in the movie. Depending on, as a kid, I always said ortho, like orthopedics, which it's not that, but it's ortho. Uh, anyway, of course, he, uh, he was in Nightmare Before Christmas and also Demolition Man, but he passed away not too long ago. Well, I say not too long ago, but you know, I live in a bubble, so 2010. In Birmingham, Alabama, of all the places to die. Oh, man. I wish I could go in Birmingham. <laughs> the only thing I know about... Here's, 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 here's what I know about Birmingham. When you're traveling to like Vicksburg or something, and you go through Birmingham, you know you're going through Birmingham because of the paper mills and the smell. Yeah. That's all I know about Birmingham. So that's all I can say about that. Popular people who died in Birmingham. (laughs) He's the only one. Oh, wait, Richard Yates, the writer of Revolutionary Road. Oh, well. Yeah, I guess. Baker Knight, (laughs) who was in the soundtrack of Pulp Fiction. Uh, Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Enough about Birmingham. (laughs) Uh, Today on Celebrities and... Odd places where they died. We talked about Birmingham. Birmingham. But uh, Patrice Martinez was the receptionist. Uh, the reason I mentioned her, her uh, A, that's who Autumn wanted to be this past Halloween, uh, mm. which we didn't go with that because body paint's a bitch. Yeah. Uh, but she's a veteran involved. of the podcast because she was uh, Carmen in Three Amigos. Hmm. So worth mentioning and always always love mentioning Three Amigos because it's one of the best comedies of the 80s. Uh, and Sylvia Sidney was Juno. Uh Mars Attacks, lots of older films. Uh, you know, she's the the their caseworker. She got mm. that voice. That's the most thing to be reckon. Uh, most people recognize her from. Uh, of course, you know Tim Burton used her again in Mars Attacks as the grandma. So uh, a veteran Tim Burton actor, pretty mm. much. Uh, two sentence synopsis: Couple dies and dwell in their home as ghosts and deal with the new owners. Their only hope is the ghost with the most baby. Uh, now. I clearly remember seeing this film in the theater mm. uh, in 1988. I don't know if it was April 1st, but it was definitely in the theater. And I remember it for two reasons. One, I was obviously eight years old, and this was at the age where I always thought sitting close was the best thing to do. <laughs> so I sat up. My parents were in the back. I went and sat on the front row. I want to sit in the front. I want to sit in the front. 
you know, I want to be close to the action. Yeah, that, it was all about you know, and, and again, like you know, nowadays it's common sense, right? But again, let's let's step back to the wonderful world of the '80s that we like to talk about. Mm-hmm. You sat, you know, your TV was 12 inches, 22 if you were rich, right? You know, not really. I mean, but I mean, TVs were small. You know, if you had a big TV, you yeah. were the coolest kid. You know, so you had to sit close. You were used to sitting close. Your Nintendo, much like the NES Classic, which is the reason I didn't get it, you know, a two-foot controller cord. <laughs> nah, we're past that. Yeah. Also, I have a Wii and play all those games in my lap, just like a Switch. So, fuck yeah. you, Nintendo, for money-grabbing <laughs> people's money. Other, That's a different show, but anyway. You know, so as a kid, like, oh, I want to sit close, because that's where it is, you know, and... Um, y'all can't see, but Jesse can. I'm looking back and forth, following the yeah. action. Trust me, he is. But the... <laughs> Maybe they can hear my voice. Maybe if they have the in, in the car, like ah, yeah. <laughs> Ace Ventura, isn't it? but uh, the biggest thing I remember about seeing this movie in the theater, in addition to loving it, was I sat in gum. Huh. This was the first time ever I sat in gum. Was seeing this movie. Somebody in the front seat of the theater put gum on their seat. So when I got up, it was like, you know, it's gum, so it stretched and like what the? I was like, what is this? Like what? And then you know, I didn't, being eight years old, I grabbed like what is you know like what's this? It's gone, like, ah, all over my hand, ruined my pants. So my parents weren't happy, but that's the, that's the biggest thing I remember I mean, what satisfaction about this did that guy get, you know? It's like, he hears a little bell when somebody steps up. <laughs> Every time a bell rings, somebody sits in gum. <laughs> sits in my gum. Yeah. He's the world's lamest mutant power. Yeah. <laughs> or lamest super lyrics power period. It's like a, it feels like an orgasm. <laughs> oh, every time oh, someone yes. sits in your gum, you will come. <laughs> yeah, it rhymes. Of course. It has yeah, that. I mean that's that's typical <laughs> '80s fashion, or actually, oh, you know, man. previous historical uh, tropes, so to speak. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, of course, back in this time frame, this was late '80s. You know, VCRs were kept coming into the world, so this was a this was one that you know was rented. Decently, because I always love, and uh, uh, at that time frame, in that age for me at least, eighty-eight. You know, I'm eight years old, born in nineteen eighty. Uh, so you know, it was it was a renting, but it was always it's it's Tim Burton. This was like an introduction to Burton because he'd follow this with Batman a year later. Mm-hmm. This is what got him Batman and Michael. And this is uh, as we'll get into we're talking about Michael Keaton. I mean, what a fun like what a he is the heart and soul of this movie. He's only in it for like five minutes. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's not even. He's not really the main star, even though it's his movie. I mean, he is the main star, yeah. but, you know, he's in it. He's like Marlon Brando in Apocalypse Now. He's the biggest name in it, and he's in it for like two seconds. Yeah, that's uh, odd. But uh, this, I mean, it, what great acting in this film. All around, every, all, the whole cast, fantastic cast. But uh, as a kid, as an eight-year-old, it's just that Tim, this is the Tim Burton style, which I don't think he has it anymore. I think he's just kind of... Oh, going he, by the seat of his pants now, like when you look at that, uh, he's doing the Disney model now. Yeah, like that's a good way to put it. Like with uh, the Peregrine Home for, it's got a little bit of Burton like touches when you see it, but it's not like this. It's not like the yeah. first Batman. It's not like Batman Returns. It's not like Mars Attacks or Ed Wood. It's not like uh, classic vintage Burton, if you want to put it that way. To me, at least. I mean, you know, you still see, you can tell, still, still tell you're watching a Tim Burton movie, mm-hmm. but it's not like this where it's just like. You feel like you're in your his head, like it's you know, beautiful color palette, set design, all that stuff. The effects are great. Uh, they're great for this movie, for a movie called Beetlejuice about what it's about. The effects are still great to me. Mm. Uh, you know, no, no, that CG crap <laughs> uh, that you know permeates every single thing you see now. So 
there's there's artistry in this movie. There's some stop motion, right? Yeah, a lot of a lot of stop motion, practical stuff, which you know, I mean, it's, uh, stop motion is dated. It's a dated technology. Every you now and then, Kubo? Oh, that's what I was going to get into. <laughs> yeah. You know, unless like you're putting the money into it to where right. it looks it look like. Uh, let me right, realistic stop motion is like this. What? Well, I think about because it, it's still cartoony in this one. So to make yeah. my point. Uh, or what, yes, stop motion is highly advanced now, but that realistic yeah. stop motion with the cartoony factor, like realism and the Burton-esque aspect, I guess that's what I'm trying to say, mm-hmm. fits this film. And it's not, they don't, you don't see it anymore because it has to be very specific to the subject matter mm-hmm. in terms. Like when you go see Kubo, which everybody should, which we'll talk about that later uh, in the Back to the Future segment for the 10 best of last year because this is our first episode of 2017. Ah. Uh, but that was. Like I had to double check to make sure Kubo was not actually CG. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah, in terms of- um, I'm sure it was assisted. You know, because they did a lot of green screen. That's technically yeah. CG. Um, but I mean, most of the main points on the screen, yeah. those are just yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, and like I said, we'll talk about that in detail. Sure. In yeah. a little bit because we got we got the Beetlejuice. We got to get the 80s stuff out of right, the way. Right, you know, right. that's the point of the podcast. But yeah, uh, but as a kid, like the. The more of an impact in the movie was everything the movie spawned. The toy line, uh, the toys were fantastic. They were a lot like the Ghostbusters toys, and by Ghostbusters toys, I mean the cartoons, where they had like the haunted humans. Which, if you if you had toys in the eighties, you should remember this. Like you had the cop, you push his arms down, his torso flips open, and it's a giant tongue, and he's like possessed. And it's, you know, you wouldn't see these kids' toys today because they're pretty <laughs> they're pretty terrifying, which was, was what made them great. There was the uh, yeah, there was the granny one where like her head her brain comes out or whatever, and just fantastic toys but the beetlejuice ones were like that too in that uh like uh you know you push the head and then like uh they had we had my brother had the voodoo one where like you take his head off and then it's a little head from the end of the movie but then they had like the one you know you take off different parts of the bodies and great toys that fit the movie and were just a lot of fun interacting type stuff uh but then also the cartoon was it's huge for this. You know, to quote the president, it was huge. The Beetlejuice cartoon, phenomenal. You're gonna love it. Uh, Neighborhood nasties, I believe, what they called them. Okay, yeah. I guess uh, they were haunted humans for Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, but uh, you know, the, it, Beetlejuice. You know, like to, when you watch it today, it's like wow. Like, you know, I, it's so funny because you know a lot of our friends and our me and Jesse's friends and. I'm sure a lot of the listeners, you might, a lot of them probably, have, most of them probably have kids. To be honest, me and Jesse are still holding that torch strong with no kids. <laughs> you know, so uh, can't speak from raising children. But I hear today, like a lot of our friends, like, oh yeah, they were scared of, uh, you know, something in Moana, or you know, it's like stuff that I'm thinking, like, okay, the shit that I watched as yeah. a kid didn't like. You know, there were parts where like, oh, like jump there, like you know, might have given me a nightmare or two, but they didn't like actually like scare me. Like kids today, like. And I'm speaking in generalities because all older generations tend to say this, I'm sure, uh, especially with the way like. But I think it's I really think it's different for our age group because look at the films, the evolution of films from yeah. the 70s, 80s to the 90s to today, and look at like you know the decade we love to talk about the 80s. Look at the kids' stuff from the 80s. Yeah, it's just fucked up. <laughs> well, it's like uh, it's like hard mode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just like when you played Nintendo as a kid. Versus playing it now, it's like, wow, these games are impossible to beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I remember being really good at this. Yeah. And now movies, same way. It's like, wow, that's scary. And now today it's like, 
today's scary is not that. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's night and day. It's like right. kids are scared of that. Like there's not like, and I'll, I mean, I like to think I I could put my mindset in the mindset of a child or put my mind into the mindset of a child. I should say nothing. Repeat the same word twice and not make mm-hmm. any sense. Uh, you know, like when I wa- go back and like when I watch when I see Large Marge, like I remember as a kid, like oh, like it, uh, you know, making me <laughs> jump the first time I saw it. But then I loved it. You know, it was great. Right. But then I also remember, like I've told the story before, like having to avert my eyes every time the sand people roar because they scared the hell out of me and gave me a recurring nightmare. <laughs> but it makes me feel alive. You know, and, and and granted, looking back, that's silly to be scared of. Yeah. But I can also see how that they are scary. They are kind of creep. Tuscan Raiders are creepy looking. They should be. Yeah. You know, and then but then you see just stuff today. Kids are scared of. You know. Uh, like some kids were scared of the new Jurassic World, which mm. uh, there are some more graphic like scenes that surprise me. But like, there, you know, when you look at a, a film directed by Spielberg, right. and you look a film directed by the new uh, guy, the new guy, which not terrible, not bad by any means. But you know, people rip on Abrams with Force Awakens when what was Jurassic World, but just a remake of Jurassic Park in practically every way, story structure. Uh, my opinion, you can disagree. Still, uh, still like Jurassic World. Not saying that. But uh, yeah, this is the guy doing Star Wars Nine. So, hope, mm. uh, man, he he uh, he moved fast. <laughs> no, I mean, you, all it takes is one big hit, and we'll also be talking about another hit, director though? moving Jurassic Safe- World. No, before that. Oh, I don't know. I mean, Safety Not Guaranteed was the movie he did before that, and that earned him Jurassic World. Also, you know, the That's it, pretty crazy. it wasn't like the Jurassic Park franchise was like in its heyday. Like they didn't need like a true. You know, now they do. Now it's gonna. Now it's back and making money. It's gonna be more. They're going to probably be more selected, but he probably got the job because the price was right and they thought he could do it. My God. But uh, that is <laughs> this guy's credits. He has seven of them. And Star Two Wars. Two of them are. Yeah. See, Star that's Wars what blows my mind. Park like, World. Jurassic World, again, not bad. I mean, there were some great stuff in it, right. but I could, you know, I, I felt like the aping vibe, so to speak. And, mm-hmm. and by aping, you know, 80s vernacular, like he's aping the first Jurassic Park, like in a lot yeah. of things, which, you know, aping, homage. They can, you know, that line is kind of can be blurry sometimes because mm-hmm. Abrams, yes, he did it in Force Awakens, but it's still it was more in the 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 the, uh, the dot point, so to speak. And the time had passed. I mean, I wouldn't even count one, two, and three in that time. What he was doing was like, okay, it's been a long time since four, five, and six. Yeah, that's where we're coming from. Yeah. So was, I mean, I agree completely. I think so, but uh, what a like you said. I mean, from practically a nobody, Jurassic World makes shit ton of money. Immediate greenlit sequel. This guy knows some people. On the Star Wars, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Knows a lot of people. I don't know. We'll see. Hey, I I hope it's good. Anyway, back to Beetlejuice. Uh, My big, like, love the movie. Always loved the movie as a kid, but just so much more time was spent with, A, playing with the toys, Mm -hmm. and B, the animated series. In fact, my lifelong friend Jason, we mentioned on the podcast before, uh, after school, Beetlejuice came on. I think we get out of school, like, maybe Mm. at 3... It might have came on at 3.30. He wouldn't come outside to pl- We'd have to finish Beetlejuice first, <laughs> the cartoon, and then we'd go outside. Wow. Like, I'd come over right after school, like, hey, you ready to go finish building the clubhouse or, uh, you know, play in the woods or whatever, you know. We right. lived in Louisiana, so that's kind of what we did outside. Ride bikes, build a ramp, whatever. Like, oh, after Beetlejuice. Now, he was very much a character in the cartoon. Oh, yeah. Unlike like, the movie. He, yeah. I mean, he was the main And he wasn't like, you know, in the movie, really, he's kind of like a villain, He's kind of thwarting the, uh, you know, uh, Barbara and Adams, uh, what they're yeah, trying to do. Yeah. He's, he's basically the enemy. He's the antagonist of the film. But he's also Michael Keaton, and he's the name of the movie. 
Uh, but in the cartoon, it was way different. You know, Lydia's there. I don't remember the, how it, the setup because it's been years, mm-hmm. years beyond years. Uh, you know, but him and Lydia are going on through adventures in the afterlife. Yeah. Or the underworld or whatever. So I guess Lydia did commit suicide or something. I don't remember the cartoon <laughs> enough Such to remember how start. she got there. I think she, they just, he just took her into that world or something. And that was just the adventures. But the cartoon Four was seasons. huge. Yeah. I mean, it was huge. Yeah. It started a year right after the uh, movie. Movie again. Movie made over hundred million, including rentals. Uh, and again, this is a. You know, remember, younger youngins listening to it. This is not. This is where if you wanted to watch Beetlejuice, you either a had to record it off of television mm-hmm. years after it came out, so into the nineties, or you had to rent it. So as a kid, you know, yeah, I watched the movie a lot, but I watched the cartoon every single day. Because it came on Monday through Friday, 3.30, and I couldn't go outside to play with my best friend until we finished watching the cartoon. Yeah. So, you know, but that's how it goes, uh, you know, with a lot of the 80s stuff. Uh, you know, Rambo had a cartoon. Uh, what else? I mean, a I lot. they tried all of them. <laughs> yeah, for the most part, you know. It was a popular movie. Let's give it a shot. The reason we have Masters of the Universe is because He-Man uh, was originally Conan, meant to be a line of toys for Conan, didn't want to make R-rated toys, so hey, uh, let's just call it he-man or you know and there you go but history was made and speaking of that all the series are on netflix right now that mm. me and jesse recording this on a saturday got up my wife made me breakfast because i've trained her well just kidding because she likes to make healthy stuff so i'm eating breakfast and i watched he-man today fantastic mm. it was a great saturday morning and then i played <laughs> video games then i talked to called jesse and we got to record a podcast <laughs> it's like i'm a kid again and we're talking about all this stuff from a kid, games a kid later exactly it's gonna be great <laughs> but uh anyway i mean Oh, what was your memories of Beetlejuice, Jesse? I mean, I know you've seen it. Oh, the cartoon. Yeah. More so than the movie. I think that's a, a lot of people, for the most part, because, again, of when this was. The 1988. Timing, the timing of it. Yeah. yeah. You know, cartoon, inundated with it, whereas the movie, you rent it every now and then. Of course, now today, you got it on Blu-ray, you got it on, if it's on Netflix or wherever, Amazon, whatever. You can, you can now watch it whenever you want, but it was not like that before, so I think that cartoon is really what cemented Beetlejuice in culture. And, of course, the Michael Keaton performance in the movie. Don't get me wrong on that. But, you know, for a movie to come out, and it's, a, it's one of the few PG movies to say fuck, too, mm. uh, back in the day. So, uh, you know, in a, in a pretty adult theme movie, this is a movie about dying. People, the main characters die a horrible death, nonetheless. They go off a bridge and yeah. drown in their car. And yeah. let's be real. They fell 15 feet. I'm sure they were alive as that car is filling up in sheer terror <laughs> as they drown. Drowning's not a pleasant way to go. Go watch, I think, Lethal Weapon 2 where the chick drowns. Uh, you know, so it's not good. But, uh, of course, Michael Keaton's brief in the movie. Actually, here, I got the statistics right here. Uh, he only, it only took him two weeks to film his part. Uh, uh, and his screen time amounts to 17.5 minutes out of the 92-minute hmm. running time. Uh, it's also his favorite film of his own, and he ad-libbed really? many of his lines. Which m- many people forget, unless you go watch the other guys. Michael Keaton was a comedic actor Back in the day, like Mr. Mom, this multiplicity, even a bit later on. But I mean, 96. He, 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 he's, he walks in two worlds. He can be a fantastic mm. dramatic actor. And he was back in that day, too, clean and sober. Uh, some other stuff. Batman, he did Batman right after this. You go from being Beetlejuice to Batman. And, if you, and his performance of Batman, I've always, I still like his Batman the best, just his performance, both of, both of Bruce Wayne and Batman. Set the uh, tone, too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that, it's still based on that today, except, of course, what Clooney and Kilmer did. I'm Batman. Exactly. <laughs> Where are they? <laughs> yeah. Swear to me! That's what we remember Christian yeah. Bell for. Yeah. <laughs> but we remember Michael Keaton for. I'm yeah. Batman. Exactly. That's yeah. all it took. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with him. 
But and according to Michael Keaton, the Beetlejuice character was described to him by Tim Burton as having lived in every, every time period, but no time period. So he used that as sort of a jumping off point uh, to create the character with uh, a lot of the design, the moldy makeup, the shock hairdo, the large teeth. Uh, he said that when he first showed up to the set as Beetlejuice, the crew was chanting, Juice, 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 juice. <laughs> Probably because O.J. Simpson was on the set that day. Right. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, <laughs> but it got Keaton like excited, and it really it created a good atmosphere on the set to where his improvisation came naturally by being the character. Yeah. Son of a good actor, in my opinion. Uh, and this is, I thought this was really funny, and you can definitely see it, especially, again, 1988 film. But the original script was a horror film, and it featured Beetlejuice as a winged reptilian demon who transformed to a small Middle Eastern man to interact with the Maitlands and the Deets. Uh, Liddy was also a, uh, a minor character with her six-year-old sister, who was named Kathy, uh, being the one able to see uh, the ghosts and everything. And Beetlejuice's goal was to kill the Deets rather than frighten them away. And it included such sequences as Kathy being mauled in the form of a rabbit, rabid squirrel and him trying to rape Lydia. Uh, <laughs> subsequent rewrites obviously turned into a comedy and it was toned down a lot. So it could have been way darker. <laughs> well, it would have been shoved aside and to those other... 80s horrors, yeah. like the ones that are worth shoving aside. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, it sounds to me like a winged reptilian demon transformed into a small one on Eastern Man. It sounds like the Shadow King from X-Men at this time frame. <laughs> Roughly. Although he was a fat Middle Eastern man and the Shadow right. King wasn't winged, but that just when I read that, it just I just immediately saw the Shadow King sitting there plotting <laughs> how to kill the X-Men and he turns into the big version. Uh, but of course, in case you didn't notice, uh, here's your science lesson for the day, how it ties into Beetlejuice. But of course, Beetlejuice is named after the bright red star and the constellation of Orion, Beetlejuice, or Beetlegeist, Beetlegeist. I'm not sure how you pronounce the star, but I always pronounce it Beetlejuice because of the movie. I heard so, that, uh, I heard all about that at our last Halloween party, which we haven't had to cover that. Um, Crystal, personal friend of ours. Who, her and Perry were dressed as the Maitlands. And for she just Halloween kept party. talking about the star, like while we were outside, <laughs> all night. <laughs> and the next day, I think the next day we went back over there to clean up. Yeah, yeah. And she was like, "Man, I was talking about that star." <laughs> she, at least she realized how <laughs> she's drunk such a she fun was. drunk. Like when she gets drunk, she it, just it's just talking, oh, she's such a beautiful star. <laughs> it's, it's red. <laughs> it's so beautiful. So funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the studio hated the title, and they wanted to call the film "House Ghosts." Sounds like an uh, urban comedy from house the mid '90s. Uh, as a Tyler joke, Perry's House Ghost. <laughs> but this is this make this crack. I like this title the best. After actually, as a joke, Tim Burton suggested the name "Scared Sheetless." Oh. <laughs> it was horrified when the studio actually considered using it, uh, but they spelled the, the reason it spelled Beetlejuice like like in the uh, the charade scene in the film where he shows the beetle, which one of my favorite scenes. Like, and Peter's like, "Hello there." Yeah, the giant beetle, and then like you know, beetle poor, beetle orange, beetle juice, you know that whole scene. It yeah. was because it was simply because it markets better than the actual spelling of oh. the star. Oh, yeah. and it's funnier, beetle juice. What the hell is that? <laughs> right. As a kid, like you know, I get it. That it worked perfectly. Fun to say too. Yeah, don't say it three times. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, in the wedding scene, Lydia's dress is bright red. Uh, this is based on an old rhyme about wedding dresses, and the line is "Married in red, better off dead." So that was the choice of that, tying it into that. Uh, when they're Adam and Barbara in the office, a voice in the PA systems announces the arrival of Flight 409. Uh, the exact quote is, Flight 409 is arriving at Gate 3. Uh, on October 6, 1955, uh, a Flight 409 crashed into a mountain over Wyoming, killing everybody. It was the worst crash in history to that point. Uh, to this day, nobody still knows why it crashed. 
Oh, wow. So they're referencing in this movie the worst air disaster right. of all time up until that point. Yeah. Of course, we know what I happens a few years later. I think there's been a couple more. <laughs> yeah, a couple. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not surprisingly, the impressive box office created plans for a sequel. Uh, Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian was the original pitch for the sequel. Yeah. A script was commissioned, and at that point, Keaton and Ryder both signed on to reprise their roles, but Burton lost interest and went on to direct Batman, Better for Everybody, and Batman Returns. Kevin Smith was offered to write that. The Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian? Yeah. They offered him to write that, and he declined. Good for him. <laughs> Although I have heard his like Superman pitch, too, and at the time it was really bad with Superman right. fighting polar bears and stuff. So. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, as as late as 1996, uh, they were still trying to get an original sequel concept. And as we know, finally last year, excuse me, we're in 2017 now. Two years ago, in 2015, a sequel was confirmed with Burton returning as director and Keaton and Ryder returning to their respective roles. However, radio silence since then. <laughs> yeah. So we can only you know keep our fingers crossed that you know this wave of 80s nostalgia that's all over the place still, thankfully these days. Uh, will bring back Beetlejuice with Ryder and Keaton because, and, and to be perfectly honest, no disrespect to run on a Ryder, you just need Michael Keaton. It's that that this movie is the whole movie's fantastic and everybody's great in it. Don't get me wrong, love every aspect of this film, but you at the end of the day, you want to see more of Beetlejuice. Do you happen to know who owns Beetlejuice? Like that's not a a Warner Brothers. Okay. Oh yeah. I don't know. I'm wondering, like, would they bring it back just as, like, the actors are the actors, you know? It's, or would they try to do a reverse thing, like Disney's right now coming out with all these, uh, you know, taking the old cartoons, bringing them back yeah. in real as life. live action. So would they Ugh. take that and bring this back as an animation? I hope not. Knowing the success, maybe, of the cartoon, being like, oh, yeah, let's target kids for this one. Yeah. He's such well, a fun character. I hope because since Keaton's still obviously on board for it, which I think is because he still enjoys doing comedy. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the other guys. Like he's my favorite character in that movie, aside from The Rock and Samuel. Uh, just he's fantastic. He's so good uh, in that, and especially because he's done a lot of heavy Oscar type stuff. I mean, I, I, as an actor, I can only imagine how hard it was to do Birdman. With that one take, kind of, you know, of course yeah. it's hidden, but I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, the as an actor, how, how you have to go <laughs> that far with it, you know, like it seems like he'd want to do something comedic, you know, he just did Burman, spotlight, heavy, heavy, heavy subject matter there, the founder, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's got to be a drama, maybe it's a quirky comedy drama, I don't know, but I hope that he's coming back, and of course Spider-Man Homecoming, a villain, you know, he's, yeah, I've only remember. You know, Beetlejuice technically is a villain, but he's not really a villain. You know, he he's a bad. He's like Magneto. I mean, Magneto isn't. He's a villain, but he's not a villain, right? If you know what I mean, that kind of logic. Uh, so hopefully he'll come back to this role, and the world will be better for it. I hope. Uh, but anyway, uh, at the dinner party, uh, author states that the people who commit suicide end up as civil servants. If you notice, all the civil servants all committed suicide. <laughs> Mm. The uh, receptionist has the slit wrists. You know, she talks about her accident. Yeah. Uh, the one thin guy, he's flat, but it's suge- it suggests that he threw himself in front of a bus. Uh, so that that uh, he was right, ortho, or I say ortho all the time. Ortho was right about that. So uh, uh, this was I thought this was hilarious, not hilarious, but it worked out for the better because uh, uh, Catherine O'Hare was a replacement for Angelica Houston. Who's hmm. a fantastic actress, creepy as hell in The Witches, and great in The Addams Family. Yeah. But I think Catherine O'Hara's manic kind of uh, comedy and 
look and just acting really benefited more than an Angelica Houston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and also, uh, Tim Burton originally wanted Sammy Davis Jr. to be Beetlejuice, but the studio executive said, nah, nah, <laughs> we're not going to do that. So it could have been very, very different. Uh, and along with Spaceballs in 87 and Big a year before, or the same year as this, uh, it's, and Caddyshack 2, which was the same year as this, uh, like I mentioned before, these are uh, PG films with the F word in the PG-13 era, in the post-PG-13 era, I should say. Because, of course, nowadays, you say fuck one time, it's PG, automatic PG-13. Yeah, I mean, maybe in a couple of years we'll be saying it on TV just like shit. Yeah, yeah, and South Park will cover it. You know, yeah. they'll, they'll help spearhead that movement. And you watch FX now; it's just shit, shit, shit. They're... Yeah, all the, it's don't, like it's nothing now. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, and it should be nothing. Yeah, I mean, I don't it's understand. A fucking word. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, you know, it's, as long as it's not used in the wrong, like, there's of course, the same thing with like with nudity. Yeah. You know, it, there's a there is a difference between tasteful nudity and then there's Game of Thrones. You know, oh no, let me, let me let me rephrase that. Game of Thrones, it's both at the same time. It is. There's, yeah, there's some like there's, in that last you know, season where you yeah. just cut to balls. Yeah, just <laughs> just go straight to the the cock and look at my what's this on my balls? Yeah, like you don't a, need that. No, you didn't. You know, the, her Cersei's naked walk through the street. That that's important. She's supposed to be ridiculed, right, humiliated. Right. That that services the story. It does. You know, uh, now somebody says it, it does it service the story when somebody's angry and says I'm gonna have enough of this freaking crap. Nobody talks like that. Yeah, exactly. This fucking shit is stupid. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. He's and, mad. He should yeah. be cursing. It was like the season of The Walking Dead that ended where, uh, or mid-season or whatever, where they got captured at that cannibal place or whatever. And, the, and, yeah. and Rick's like, <clears throat> they do not know who they're freaking messing with. Or he said something. <laughs> it was like, now you let Brian Cranston slip in that F-bomb and pay that fine of that, in that episode of Breaking Bad because it, yeah. you know, it, like he, he needed to say that. Yeah. There was no better part in that they do not know who they are fucking with. Oh man! And that and then credits no. both like oh no. shit! Like I'm sorry, it's post-apocalyptic. Nobody's I like know. caring what anybody says. No one's gonna say language. You know that works in the Avengers, but it doesn't work in The Walking Dead. Yeah. You know, imagine Game of Thrones. Oh, he's got his little wing wang between his legs. And, oh, he's I never liked a cock in the mouth. Or you know, they don't. People don't talk like that. And in now. Well, um, the first episode of uh, this season where they did the big reveals. Yeah. Apparently, on the DVD or Blu-ray, whatever, you can watch an uncut version where a whole lot of cursing. In The Walking like, Dead, or are we yeah, still Jeffrey, on Game of Thrones now? No, no, Walking Dead. Oh, Jeffrey, with Megan. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's speech, cursing all throughout it, and apparently they cut it out all for the TV. Yeah. But if you watch the Blu-ray, it's extra few minutes of him like. Saying the lines just as they were in the comic. Yeah, yeah. So, which is that, that's fantastic that they, I know. you know, but and eventually TV will catch up to that. Yeah, we, we have the ratings, mm-hmm. and I, I know for a fact my new TV I could set it to like you know not show TVM. Yeah, where like if if we had cable, you know, and yeah. I'm sure it's easy for any of the streaming services to have that. I mean, they probably do. I know they actually. I know Netflix does. They all have to have yeah. parental control. So that yeah. Then whose responsibility is it? The parents yeah. were the only persons whose responsibility it should be, my opinion. But then uh, the commissions who make up all those rules are out of, out of work. Yeah, fuck them. All, I know. You know. That's what we say. Yeah. They will complain, just like airline companies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, we got Eventually. a little off topic. Yeah. <laughs> it's relevant. <laughs> it's relevant, but yes. Uh, but anyway, uh, the skeleton head on top of Beetlejuice's merry-go-round uh, looks very similar to Jack Skellington, and if you look at it on the Blu-ray... 
you can kind of see it a little bit better because uh, it was based on the sketch of that character that Tim Burton had been playing around with since uh, 1982 and ultimately you know, turned it into The Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, so a connection there, obviously, in the Burton verse. Uh, Beetlejuice's name is spoken exactly 15 times in the film, eight from Barbara, two from Juno, and five from Lydia. Adam also says names a few times and mispronounces it. So technically, divided by three, hmm. he was summoned and sent back uh, at least three times. Depending on how the nature, because it said three. No, I'm sorry, three. Some he, he should have been summoned five times. No, they had to say him in a row. Although community kind of changed the rules and they said it over like seasons with different yeah. people saying it for that joke, which was brilliant by the way. I don't even watch that <laughs> show, but I saw the clip where they said, oh, you know, five seasons for this joke to work." Yeah, and phenom- like fantastic. <laughs> uh, during the sequence where Adam and Barbara enter Juno's office and see her speaking uh, to the football team, which happens a couple times, nice. but uh, if you look in behind them where they're sitting. It's a movie. If it, you look closely, it's a movie theater of ghosts can be seen through her office window. And the idea was with the scene when you watch it in the theater, it's like that's your reflection in the glass. Really? Which I'm eight years old. I didn't give a shit about it. Didn't notice it. Didn't care. Didn't even notice it till I read this fact and then watched the movie. Uh, but apparently, there's a red skeleton and a green skeleton. Which peop, uh, the trivia says, oh, oh it's a re- it yeah reference to Mars <laughs> Attacks. But no, they're just painted like black light to reflect on the black light back there. And then uh. we have we have the still frame up here, but. They say, oh, look, it's the Blues Brothers. No, it's just a person in a suit. Yeah. <laughs> so just throwing that out there if you read that piece of trivia. Although that one chick does look like Elvira. You can barely see her with the big hair it if it goes back, back to it. To it. But, uh, but, yeah. Yeah, see, like right there. It's just yeah. a brunette woman. It's not Elvira, obviously, but long black hair. So it's supposed to be a dress eater. <laughs> Supposedly. That's a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> no one but, picked up hey, on that. No, I'm sure they didn't, except this one person who wrote this on IMDb for people to look at. But anyway, if you're listening, hey, good job. That's your theory. I'm yeah. not discounting it, but it doesn't work for me. Uh, anyway, score-wise, uh, Beetlejuice, still great. Uh, one of Burton's best. When I think of Tim Burton's style, I think of this. Uh, and I, I pretty much judge anything he does like in terms of like how quote-unquote Burton-esque it is based on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Big Fish, nothing like this. Which it right. still has those little touches in the magical moments where like he does go not full Beetlejuice for lack of a better, but you mm-hmm. know, it, you know, you can tell it's Tim. Uh, which is, I think, that's a good re- director showing restraint for a subject matter and working their style into something which modern directors don't know how to do. But we'll talk about that in just a minute. <laughs> uh, anyway, score wise, I'd give it a nine. Still watch, uh, still love it. Uh, I still, it's it's a comedy, much like Three Amigos we mentioned earlier. To where I can still watch it and I'll still laugh at the same parts. The giant yeah. roach appearing, uh, Michael Keaton's scenes. Nice fucking model. Yeah. Me and Autumn say that all. Anytime we go to a museum, and there's a model. <laughs> nice fucking model. You know, that's just you kick it first. <laughs> <laughs> if I could, like, nice fucking model. <laughs> it's either that or the um, Holy Grail. It's only a model. Yeah. It's you know, well, when we see a, a set in a movie or like you know something like it's only a model. <laughs> uh, just like the film, you know, because we keep it, you know, filmic in our house right. and in our circle of friends. <laughs> But anyway, I'd still give it a nine. It still holds up. It's still funny. It's still good. It still looks, yeah. The you know stop motion stuff is it's stop motion. It's 1988 stop motion, but it's still great. It's it it fits the movie. It's not you know displacing CG that's totally out there because you're still seeing something that is, is at least real, although it's superimposed on the frame and all hmm. that. So I really really like it. Still like this movie. Still recommend it. Uh, it is of course late 80s, but hey, it's still 88. It's still 80s. And it's still a Goram classic. Uh, so that's that for Beetlejuice proper. But uh, moving on real quick. Uh, of course, we've got a lot to catch up on. i got a couple of emails I want to touch base with first before we do the Back to the Future segment. 
Uh, Here's the email. Where the hell are you guys? <laughs> First email. Are you dead? <laughs> are you dead? <laughs> no. No. We are not. Well, we don't know. Are we could we, be. This could completely be yeah. our afterlife. Yeah, we could have posted this. And podcasters be, become podcasters in the afterlife. We died in the flood. Yeah. I mean, this, we've just been podcasting ever since. <laughs> uh, this was originally from November 3rd. <laughs> Oh. Uh, this was Jason Adams. Uh, greetings, 83 visitors. I'm the Jason that recently wrote in and said, Autumn sounds hot. In parentheses, hi, Autumn. Shut the fuck up, bro. <laughs> Just messing with you. Anyway, uh, anyways, back on topic at hand. I remember reading an interview with John Carpenter where he said that Wang Chi was actually the hero of the story and Jack Burton was the sidekick. Carpenter chose to center of the story on Jack Burton to make the story a little more interesting. What if they were to remake Big Trouble in Little Vagina today, he put? I hope that's a typo. Uh, but focus on Wang Chi. Hmm. It would tell the exact story we're familiar with, but Jack's story would be a sideline. We should put it together to make millions. Uh, I'm supposed to be flying some... F- oh, wait. We're gonna, oh, finish this uh, email before we talk about the big, big trouble of China. That was the title of the email, by the way. I skipped yeah. that part. I'm supposed to be flying some people into Baton Rouge this weekend for the LSU-Bama game. I don't get to go to the game. I just fly the rich folk. <laughs> Can you recommend a good place to eat? Peace out, geez, Jason. I did recommend did somebody. You? Okay. I did, but it was like... After because we were supposed to record like in this time right. frame, I was like, Oh, I'll do it on the podcast, and he'll be able to catch uh, it there, we'll be able to talk about it. Oops. But then, like, you know, we obviously Oops. didn't record. But I said, I think, Hey, man, like, we're, we're you know, we just got a lot going on, we're not able to record. Like, I'm not sure if it's you missed it or not, but I recommended him a couple. Hmm. And he said, oh, I already flew in, but I come back all the time, I'll check some of them out. So, but anyway, uh, a pilot, yeah, oh, cool. I hope so. Or he's an airplane, or he's, or he's he might be a transformer, yeah, <laughs> which will make you a Decepticon, Jason, if you're a flying one. But uh, anyway, about the big trouble stuff, I think we, our friend Ben mentioned that, Ben Wyatt, uh, about the re- was one of the first ones to mention the remake to us with, you know, with mm-hmm. The Rock and everything. My memory is spotty. If it wasn't Ben, I knew it was somebody. But right. uh, I'm all about the, you know, the remake being, if The Rock's in it, remake it. Yeah. Anybody else, uh, I don't, it depends on who you got. I can't think of anybody else, but if The Rock's going to be Jack Burton, that's fine. And imagine if that's the case, The Rock's Jack Burton, but they do what Jason's saying and they then center it on... Wang Chi to where the rocks it they actually focus on him being the bumbling sidekick mm. as opposed to you know it could work I would, I would regardless if the rocks in it I'm gonna see it well they got the storyline up on IMDB already um it, I wonder if they copied it it looks like exactly the same this is the 19 19- oh wait no that's just but they it's got the same character wrong. names somebody wrote that yeah somebody Trying to catch up With on it. editing powers of IMDb. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I would... However they do it, if The Rock's Jack Burton, that's fine. I would hope, Jason, that they would keep it to where, you know, don't make him an action hero in this. Mm. This needs to be like almost like a rock, like the Get Shorty Rock. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah, what was the sequel? Get Get Shorty was the first one, wasn't it? The Rock was in the sequel, right? The Rock was in the sequel? <laughs> yeah, he was the singing cowboy. Oh my gosh! Get Shorty was the first one, though, right? There, there yeah, were, yeah, there was two of them. Yeah, the sequel. I'm just trying to remember what the name was. What uh, year would that be? Before all this, before Get Smart and all that, it was like in the early 2000s. Oh my gosh! Even before Be Doom? Cool, it was Be Cool. Be Cool, that's right. Okay, you know, <coughs> excuse me. And I think that would be great for The Rock, because then, you know, it's he's kind of being the opposite of what he is. He has that look. And you, you know, and, and then and then the people just like John Carpenter did. Oh, Kurt Russell's in an action movie. Big Trouble in China. Let's go see it. And he and people don't even realize that he's he's silly and inadequate. And he's wait, he's not the hero. Mm. Of course not. Look at what's happening on the screen. He's the bumbling sidekick. Yeah. 
But then, like, but imagine that twist now. Oh, the rock's in it. It's going to be awesome. But then he's the one, like, you know, getting his knife out of his boot and dropping it or, you know, shooting the ceiling and a rock hits him in the head. How how awesome would that be? The rock gets in the head with a rock. <laughs> yeah, they got to put that in there. You know, but uh, totally for that. And we everybody who listens to this podcast regularly, or at least if you listen to three episodes out of these 100 plus ones, 130 plus ones we've done, you've bound, bound to at least heard me rant about remakes at some point. So, but if The Rock's in it, 110% going to see it. And I, I, as, without like really thinking about every actor that's out there, I can't think of anybody who I could say I would want to see this remake with them in it aside from The Rock. Because if done right, it would be fantastic. Mm. <laughs> I just got to pick up for Hercules. <laughs> that movie just, was so bad. Yeah, I just blew up a big That movie was then. terrible. That's another story. But uh, thanks, Jason. You know, safe travels when you fly. Uh, be careful out there. If you come back to Baton Rouge, shoot, drop us another email. Love to hear from you. And then uh, UK Lee, Lee Bragg uh, from uh, England, I guess. It says UK Lee. United Kingdom, I should say. I can't just say England because United Kingdom is <laughs> like a lot of kingdoms. That's why it's called the United Kingdom. Sorry, Lee, if that's the case. Uh, hey, I just thought I'd email you to let you know how much I love your podcast. Thank you very much. I've got a shitty job working night shifts in a shop, so I listen to podcasts all night and always look forward to your new shows. Yeah, that's what I do. I was about to say, Jesse has a kindred <laughs> spirit. <laughs> I work all night listening to podcasts. Well, I'm sorry that you haven't had anything to listen to for <laughs> the past two months. Yeah, we'll uh, get back on that. Yeah, but uh, we're back and ready to go for the new year. So, uh, Man, as soon as I wrote them an email, they stopped. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, hopefully you're still listening to know that we read your email. Uh, we'll, oh, we'll see uh, if you're still listening let us know so just so we know that yeah. we didn't lose you Lee whoops but anyway uh, your choices are fantastic thank you again but I've got a request good we need like this is the last one we need to mm. actually have a request month coming up uh, if you could have you guys ever seen a 1988 movie called Pulse I haven't uh, it's one of my guilty pleasure movies and I watch it now and then it was on TV quite a lot here in the UK when I was young so I have a bit of nostalgia with it that's the way it goes my friend it's about a boy who stays with his dad for the summer, and electricity in his street is trying to kill people in their homes. <laughs> Final Destination style. Sounds awesome. And also, it's in the 80s, so it sounds great. Yeah. I don't know anyone else who has seen this movie, and I feel like I'm the only one who has. It has a great 80s synth soundtrack, which adds to it. Awesome, because I love that kind of music, if it's done well, like John Carpenter's stuff. Anyway, we'd love to hear your views on it if you have the time. All the best, Lee. Joey Lawrence is in it. Whoa. Whoa. And his brother. Two Lawrences? Two Lawrences of one My film? God, well, I have to watch this immediately. <laughs> no, but uh, Lee, great to hear from you. Again, hope you're still listening. Uh, we would definitely add this film to our request list when we do a request month soon. Uh, we got a lot of uh, content planned out already you know, coming up, so we will get to that, and we'll definitely add it on there. Uh, I sh- hopefully, we'll be able to find a copy. So uh, uh, usually I'm able to, for the most part, <laughs> between me and Jesse's resources. Right, right, But we'll right. add that to the list, and we'll go from there. But we'll uh, definitely... Definitely do that. So anyway, uh, back to the future this week. Uh, of course, normally the f- first episode of 2017, we talk about the best and the worst, in my opinion, of the year. Uh, and so that's what we're going to run down real quick. So without further ado, Trey's best films of 2016. Cool. Uh, best first, because we like to do it that way. Say the Actually, no. No, no, no. We'll, let's mix it up. We're going to do the worst films first. We'll Ooh. save the best for last. I was going to quote Vanessa go. Williams. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll do the, the, the wor- top 10 worst films of 2016, in my opinion. Uh, number 10, Secret Life of Pets. And this is the worst film, number 10. <laughs> I have not seen this movie. It is the worst film because I go to the movies a lot. Because uh-huh. I have a friend that works at the theater. People who've heard listen to podcasts know that. I had to see the damn promo and teaser for this mm. film 
every single time. If you look at my Facebook feed, I watch a lot of movies. So generic, too. Yes, and every it's just like in the Minions. Illumination! Illumination! I hate the Minions. I can't stand them. So I did see this movie. Oh, you did? But continue. (laughs) Well, no, you saw it. That's all I can say about it. I, I don't. It's one of my. It's it's one of the Man. worst films of the year because of the overexposure I had to it and having to watch the, the main, damn pet save the chicks movie tickets fifty thousand times. The main pet is voiced by Louis C.K. Mm-hmm. Um, and the cast is fine. Kevin Hart's in it, of course, acting yeah. like Kevin Hart. Um, does he play a white rabbit? Yes, he does. Why is he playing a white rabbit? That's. Just what he. Is. I just want to know. I mean, I mean, you know, whitewashing of black actors. Oh, Oscars wow. hashtag so white. He had to be. He had to be the cute little bunny. I'm just saying I didn't hear anything about it. In this day and age, it seems like somebody should have been mad about that. The movie not, was but, overly boring. Mm-hmm. It was. Um, I don't like that studio. Yeah, like, I don't either. Be, that's just. I don't have kids. Uh, kids love the Minions. Our friend Perry and Crystal, their son they loves the sho- Minions. During the movie, they shove it down your throat too. Like, there's a party in the end scene, and uh, these two. Dogs show up, one of them's dressed as a minion, and then they walk in, and nobody's dressed up. Oh, I thought it was a costume party. Yeah. I had it's like, it in. why? <laughs> it wasn't even a costume party. You should have made it a costume party. Yeah. And like me and Autumn, we like, we watch animated movies. I mean, there's animated movies on the best of list yeah. that we're going to get to, you know? So, and there's some great ones out there, but this, this first Fickle Me, I didn't hate it, but I didn't like, oh, oh, there's a sequel. I don't care. But at least the trailer told you a story. Yeah. Like, Secret Life of Pets. Every trailer did not tell a story. Terrible. I didn't even know Louis C.K. was in it until I started watching it. Mm-hmm. You know, I only watched it because it was at a deeply discounted rate. <laughs> <laughs> was it? What, did it cost you free dollars? Yeah, a whole lot of free dollars. Yeah, but that's that's why it's on my list because it was just terrible. Like I don't even want to see it. I never mm-hmm. want to. If there's a sequel, and I swear, if Cinemark theaters do the damn like dog finding the tickets again. I will not go to. I will go to every movie twenty minutes late, not to have to watch that. Because I swear to God, I saw that even after the movie was out, they kept yeah. that before changing it. Well, now with Cinemark, you get you you know have the seats reserved. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, let's give it about ten yeah. more minutes. <laughs> we'll show up late on purpose. Yeah, but uh, number nine, I saw the light, the Hank Williams biopic. I was excited for it. Mm. Uh, Tom Hiddleston playing Hank Williams. It sounds. I didn't see it, but it sounds great. A very disappointing movie. There was, That's you know, bummer. usually biopics have That's some sort I've of redemption too. thing to it or a point to it. Uh-huh. There was just no point. He was good in it, but the music, his his covers of the Hank Williams songs were great. But that was it. That's the that's where the my praise for the film ends. Not good. Uh, it's not that it was bad. It was a bad biopic, but and it, there was worse. I'm sure there were worse movies that did come out. But it's on my list because I was excited worser? for it. Yeah, I use <laughs> okay. I use the correct and then the correct, the incorrect and then the correct one in the same sentence. Because <laughs> okay. uh, that's the that's the, the way I talk, huh? What was the name of the movie? I saw the light. Your curse is right there. Oh, uh. well, it, okay. Yeah, I'm to be saying 2015, but I saw it last year. Oh, okay, release date April 1st, 2016. Yeah, because uh, I think it was announced for a long time, but it didn't actually release uh, okay. until just because they were like, "Do we really want to put this yeah. out there?" And it didn't. You know, it was it was hard to find, like to even watch it. That's a shame. It sounds like uh, an interesting story too. Yeah, and I mean, I like Hank Williams. I like you know, I thought it'd be an interesting story because I knew he was an alcoholic, died yeah, young, yeah. and had a lot of stuff. And there's there's nothing to gain from it except Tom that Hiddleston sucks. does a great impression. Oh well. So anyway, uh, number eight. It wouldn't be a worst of list without a Rob Zombie film, and his latest <laughs> thirty-one is number eight. Mm. Uh, if you've seen one Rob Zombie movie, you've seen them all. Mm. I'll put it to you that way. This was I, the one thing I did like about it, it was more House of a Thousand Corpses in terms of like the color palette and 
But, you know, I, I, I don't want to see Sherry Moon Zombie in anything. She's terrible. She's horrible. Her voice, everything's annoying about her. <laughs> Can't stand her. Uh, skip it, just like his Lords of Say the last... I mean, if you want to see Rob Zombie, we at least rewatch Devil's Rejects, I guess, because at least that has some entertaining value with uh, what's his name, the old guy. I forgot his name. He has some reliable funding from somewhere. Yeah. And again, I, I do think he has it in him to make something actually good to me. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I mean, I, I'm critical of horror movies because I, I mean, just like him, I grew up on them, and you know, I love him. I love that style. I think he's a, he has an eye, but he just can't put the pieces together for me. He's probably making just enough money to. You know, pay back the people, and that's it. <laughs> Investors and stuff. Investors are just like, we're okay with this. <laughs> yeah, but like again, get a script from somebody. I know with yeah. him writing and not doing the music, and where he's not casting the people. Yeah, let you know, and then I think you you, you probably have a good shot at making something really. There's some people out good. there who love having their hands on everything. Yeah, and some people can do it well. Yeah, but that's few and far between. Yes, it is. You know, uh, Mel Gibson starred in Braveheart, directed it. He didn't write it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Clint Eastwood directed, starred. Also did the score though for Gran Torino, but it came out well. You know, some people can multitask, but they're not necessarily doing everything uh, in that regard. Yeah. But anyway, number seven, Huntsman Two, uh, <laughs> just crap. From I mean, the, it was worth it just to watch Charlize because I love Charlize Theron, absolutely love her to death. Uh, mm. That's the only she's the only good thing about that movie. Horrible film. Don't know why I got a sequel. I don't even know I watched it. To be honest, I, I actually I do because Charlize was in it. Like I, I was like, can't be worse than the first one. Yeah, it was. <laughs> you know, I, had, I expected at least that level, but I was, it was much worse. Number six, Gods of Egypt. <laughs> oh boy, this one's uh, back. Yeah. <laughs> now this one though, of all the ones on here, like it's worth watching because it's so absurd and silly. It's this is a movie that came out in 2016 that should have came out in 1993. <laughs> Bad acting, horrible effects, stupid story, but you got good actors in it. That's the that's that. You know, so on that part, like you got good actors that could have done something with it. Mm-hmm. Let me forget, you got you got okay actors. There is one fantastic actor in it, but he's some sort of weird spaceship riding sun god. So take <laughs> that what shame. you will. Uh, number five, strangely not higher on the list, but there's there's four worse movies to me this year than this one, and that's the Ghostbusters remake. Mm, I did see this too because uh, why I, the hell was there so much dancing in it? I don't know. <laughs> like every time Melissa was. My wife was walking in and out. Every time she walked by, they were dancing. <laughs> I was like, I swear they're not doing this the whole time. <laughs> and, it, and, and, the, and I'm okay. Now, any ladies listening? This I don't like. I don't dislike this movie because it's women actors. It has nothing. It to has do with zero that. to do with that. Yeah. In fact, half of the cast is fantastic. Yeah. I think personally. Again, I said it before. I'm not a Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy duo fan. I, I, I don't find them funny. Have they been paired before? Yeah, Bridesmaids. Uh, oh, there right, was at right, least right, one right. other one that they were in together, wasn't it? It I, seems I like this is. But Bridesmaids, I mean, yeah, Melissa McCarthy was in it, but she was like, that was early in her yeah. start, so she was barely in it. But I just, and you know, and, and look, it, it, it's, it's, it's uh, let me just say, it. it's acceptable for people not to like comedians, not because of their gender, but because of they're not funny. You know, I, do, I don't like. The script sucked. That's what it was for yeah, me. Yeah, the, the script was bad. I, I, I liked the look. A lot of people didn't like the look of the film. I, look, I didn't care. I mean, I, that didn't bother me. We're in 2016. They're not going to do practical. They're not going to have that, that weird level of effect that the original had that made it scary to a kid even. You know, it made it like ghostly. It gave it that ghostly effect. Visually, I like this film. Mm-hmm. But the story, 
Uh, I mean, on, to be honest, the story was passable for a, a Ghostbusters, you could say. However, it wasn't funny yeah. to me. That it j- the film simply wasn't funny. The jokes just fell flat a lot. There were some, you know, I, I, sm- I caught a couple of cackles. When? And I hate to say it. <laughs> I, I, that's what I'm saying. I hate to say it. It was when the old cast came back for like two seconds. Oh, when man. Bill Murray showed up, when Dan Aykroyd showed up. You know, that Bill Murray was in it way more than I thought he would be. Yeah, I was shocked. When he I was, was like, like, he's still scenes. here. Like, <laughs> wow. You know, and I, I love Winston showing up in the, or not Winston, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Ernie Hudson. I knew yeah. I wouldn't forget his name. You know, and it's just like, and also in the, in the original, you had a nerd character. You had the smart guy. Mm-hmm. And then you had, you know, Bill Murray, the dry pan. You had Dan Aykroyd, like almost like the young, like enthusiastic kid. Kind of, you had different com- types of comedians. And this one, you had Melissa McCarthy and Kristen Wiig being themselves, like, oh, yes, I'm awkward and this is what yeah, I do. Yeah. And then Melissa McCarthy, like, ah, all over the place. Yeah. We got to get them. And then uh, Leslie Jones, you know, she had a, at least a little bit different, but, I, you know, I'm saying this in film terms. She was playing, and this, and this is a film, I'm using this in a film way, you know, she was playing a stereotypical black character, black yeah. woman in a film. Yeah, and, sure. It wasn't a stretch, but I mean, it's also something that she's just made to do. Yeah, I mean, Unf- that, I mean, even if she wanted to do something else, no one would hire they her. Probably, that. And they probably and Paul Feig might not a letter. You know, yeah. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but and then Kate McKinnon, you know, she tried to be a nerd. Yeah, you know that she tried to be the Egon character, and sometimes it worked because I, I liked her and Jones better than I the other two. I tried not to connect her to the Egon character. I like, couldn't help it. I, to me, it was just like she's Egon, like hammer. Egon, 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 Egon. Like, see, I tried to see her just, just herself. I think she did the best job of all. Oh, she did, like by far. Yeah. Her and Jones, to me, were le- like, okay. To me, the problem with the cast was not them. It was uh, Wig and McCarthy. McCarthy might work if she had somebody other than Kristen Wig to play off of. Mm. And Kristen Wig is funny in other in SNL and Spoils of Babylon. I don't ha- dislike her, but I don't like when she's just doing that that thing she does in all yeah. of her movies like that. It's just not, it doesn't do it for me. I just, oh, I just man. don't like it. But, and the start, the start of this movie is awful. Yeah. It's like how they get together was just so stupid. Such a, uh, it's just bad. I mean, it's not terrible. It's not like, of course they're, re- they're remaking a Holy Grail to me. Like you should, they, they and again, they, they actually, t- let's, let's be that honest. aside though, it's still bad. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But it's not like, I mean, it got a lot of, like, most hated trailer ever and all that. It didn't deserve the amount of hate it got to me. No, that didn't bother me, but... I'm just saying it's not... It's, it's not. It's one of those movies... It's like Pixels to me. Bad movie, but it's not like this piece of gutter trash right, right. that it was made out to be. Exactly. Sean Bean was in it! <laughs> so it can't be... Well, uh, let's, let's put that on the show. We got through it. Yeah. <laughs> let's put it that yeah. way. You know, and, like, my wife didn't mind Ghostbusters. Mm. And it, it's, it's not because she's a girl. It's because she didn't grow up watching the original, watching the original every year, multiple times. And See, but I didn't watch it over and over. I've watched it a lot early, but it was the script issue for me. It's just... Mm-hmm. Mm. But you com- compound that on the pedigree. I'm not saying Ghostbusters 2 is a masterpiece either. Right. But, I mean, the original Ghostbusters, if you made a top three list of the funniest films of the 80s and maybe even of all time, it would be on there for me. That movie is comedic genius. Because of the talent in it and the directing and everything comes together in that film to make, you know, that a uh, science fiction comedy, one, you know, a com- that, that degree of a comedy. Not, it's not yeah. just a comedy. It's a multiple kind of genre film, and it's that, it's that high on the pedestal for me. Yeah. And this one, you know, can't even clean the dust off the base of that pedestal. But, but even though it's on the worst of list, the best thing they did in this movie was um, 
getting the Chinese place like above. Yeah. It made sense why they said we can't afford this. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, some things worked out like well. There were, and there, there's some clever nods, like you know, Ramus died, so they had the little bust of him that one scene. Uh, you know, I didn't was, even catch that. There were little things in there that I liked and appreciated, but you know, but of course, when it came out on DVD or Blu-ray or digital, you know, it's now Ghostbusters Answer the Call. It's not just oh, Ghostbusters anymore. They rebranded that. it. What? If you look on the uh, that's the <laughs> mo- yeah see. If you look at the actual, that's the theater. If you look at like the Blu-ray or the cover for that, it's like Ghostbusters answer the call now. So like, it's almost like it's not a remake. So they thought, I guess I thought that would help or something. But anyway, we talked about this one when I saw it and we talked about it right now. Uh, Number four, the fourth worst film I saw this year, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. (laughs) I like to call it, Where Did My Time Go and Where Can I Get It Back? (laughs) Because that, Uh. that was garbage. It's been, I don't, I like Harry Potter. I don't love it. I'm not going to go to a midnight movie of it. I'm not going to like marathon it. My wife loves it. Fine. You know, I'll, I'll gladly watch it with her. I enjoy it with her together. I'm not going to go read the damn books. I'll read it to my kid when I ever have one if they want to read it. You know, But I'm not like, I love Star Wars. I love Ghostbusters. I don't, I like Harry Potter. But this film, A, it's, let's, see, let's see, let's count what's it got going against it. Oh, it's got A Redmayne in it? Fuck it. I don't even want to see it. My wife <laughs> yeah. wants to see it. I want to take her to see it. It's bad in your movie where your subplot has more meaning and is better than your main plot. Because the whole the plot of this movie is is the movie's stupid. But the little subplot between his friend and the sister, that was the heart of the movie. I didn't give a shit about anything going on except Colin Farrell because he's underrated and he's great to me. Yeah. And this little this oh, two character yeah, subplot. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's all I cared about. That was, was that was the heart of the film. That's true. But yeah. we still have to, if you take all that that the time spent on the, that what I mentioned that's good. You still got two hours and fifteen minutes of movie to deal with, mm. of Eddie Redmayne acting like autistic and just doing weird things as the most unlikable quote unquote hero in anything I've ever seen. It's got a seven point seven on. That's bullshit. That is so much <laughs> bullshit. Oh god. Now this thing is surrounded by an ad, so you got to yeah. wonder if that's legit. Again, my wife loves Harry Potter. Like she's read all the books. My wife does too. She's you know she wanted to see this. She was so excited for it. Even she was bored in this film. As and wow. granted, she doesn't dress up and go to book releases or whatever. But she was excited and she was bored in this film. Hmm. I was falling like I could have. This is a movie I could have honestly left during and not cared to even gave a shit. Wow. And then also in the end, have you seen it? Yes, I have. Uh, well, okay. Spoiler: If you're interested and you haven't seen it, the, yeah. You make the biggest mistake of this series by taking Colin Farrell and all of a sudden he's Johnny Depp. That was dumb. And he's he's not like villainous Johnny Depp. He's quirky, crazy Captain Jack Johnny Depp yeah. with a blonde hair. Instead of a menacing villain, Ugh, there was terrible. no reason for that change. There was no reason no. for it, unless Just to have Colin Johnny Farrell Depp. was on set saying, "Like I am never coming back to do another one." <laughs> like, uh, let's think of something quick. Yeah. Uh, what's Johnny Depp doing? Oh, he's always available. Let's get him. We need. Oh, oh, wait, he's getting. Oh, this is kind of backfiring on us now that we got him in here and all this personal stuff's happening. <laughs> but anyway, uh, number three, Warcraft. Ooh. <laughs> This is why video game movies get bad, bad like buzz, or uh, you know have a, such a bad pedigree to pull from because this movie was garbage, mm. absolute garbage. Seven on IMDb. Bullshit. That's bullshit. Also surrounded by ads. Yeah, there you go. It's it's bad. You know, is what's bad about this film is that when you're C- I care more about your CG characters than your human characters. That's terrible. Yeah, yeah. That's terrible. Like like I don't care about you. I don't care about any of this. And you and you have Ben Foster, phenomenal actor. We'll talk mm-hmm. about him later. About the in the best of, 
uh, <laughs> category as well. He was in a he's a, he's an actor in the worst and best of this year. Uh, he's you know he's in it you know he's great and you have Ruth Nega and uh, Jesse Cus- uh, Dominique Cooper you know real life couple which was funny I go see this in the theater we're watching Preacher on Sundays oh it's pre- it's Jesse and Tulip and this film is King and Queen again and they're a real life <laughs> couple as well so hey I, so I got that job but uh, ugh, just nasty looking like over you know it's like. Yeah, they they were the scenes were painted very poorly. Yeah, I imagine it was cl- actual clowns like doing scenes like honk honk. honk. <laughs> yeah, it, it was just terrible. Oh, just bad on every aspect. Like I love me- medieval, like any medieval movie, swords, sorcery. Yeah. Automatically, I want to see it, even if it sucks. You know, I, it's I'm interested. I saw the Dungeons and Dragons movie in the theater. Yeah, like that. Like before I even played Dungeons and Dragons, just because I knew what had Dungeons and Dragons in it. Now this one it followed the story of uh, Warcraft One, I believe. Yeah, the original. So why did that work and this didn't? Because this is told like with bad actors and things don't make sense. And yeah. this dude is supposed to have a son who looks ten years older than him, and all sorts of creative <laughs> yeah. decisions. I think I think this fellow and Duncan uh, David Bowie's son directed it. You know, I guess you know he did Moon. Yeah, Moon's fantastic. It is. This was not good. Now again, the CG stuff in this film, like like just the the pure CG, that was interesting, you know that part of it. But then you go to the humans, and then oh, the, right, the orcs were way more interesting than yeah. The and then the half orc chick was terrible. Ugh, like, and then like you have to kill me to save everything. That like oh god. Okay, I think that's and a, it looked awful. Yeah. Yeah, that could have been a cool. I think that was a good plot thing. Like, and then he comes and all he sees is you kill him and you going off with the like you betrayed him. There's a better way to do it though. Exactly. Don't say it like that. Exactly. Like, ugh, am- that was amateur hour in filmmaking in that part. He, he should have just looked at the camera and, said and then like you know a nod or something. Like a good actor would have just like would have told would have sold it without saying a word. I mean, that's and practically I like Dominique what he Cooper. did. Is look at the camera, look at the people in the audience to make. She's got to kill me. <laughs> but it's not because she's bad. Right. Everybody It's understand? to save everybody, all right? Okay, she's thing? not a villain. She's still... Okay, he's going to be ticked. He's going to be ticked for the sequel, but don't worry. It'll all come back. Okay, see you later. Bye. Yeah. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Right. All right, top two. I mean, no one's... Not many people played part one. They could have... Or even remember. Yeah. I don't remember the story. I don't remember that. Yeah. I was like, okay, that name sounds familiar. I don't... I'm going to have to go back and then after watching... Oh, okay, yeah. People 20 years ago did the job already. Yeah. Like, stay close In the to instruction that. manual. <laughs> it was more fun to read the Warcraft 1 instruction manual than it was to watch this movie. And, and that's, that's actually oh, an unfair man. comparison because the Warcraft instruction manuals in 1, 2, and 3 were phenomenal. Fully illustrated, black and white, but I mean, all the lore was in there. They were great. In fact, after I got rid of the, the computer games, I kept the manuals for years just to go back and look at the art and read. Mm. But anyway, number two, X-Men Apocalypse. <laughs> uh, we talk again. We talked about that after we watched it. Not much to say except, ugh, what a horrible. Like Brian I never Singer finished it. I don't think. Don't. There's <laughs> the worst is yet to come with the end. I mean, what a lame ass ending. Uh, you know, some people. Maybe say, I did. I some people. Know. You know, I understand. I understand why some people don't hate this, but this is bad. I mean, to me, like, you know, oh, I love the X Men. This was good. Like, okay, I read the X Men in the time period when this takes place mm-hmm. and the '90s too. When, which, which is what they're pulling from and anachronistically setting in the 80s, a lot of this stuff. It doesn't work. No, uh, this is a po- Okay, Apocalypse. Yeah. You heard of him in the comics before he became a pussy? Yeah. <laughs> this is Apocalypse. And Oscar Isaac did... I don't mind him because I think he's great. I think he's a phenomenal actor as well. And Holy you got, crap. I forgot that was him. <laughs> and you got Fossbender's Magneto again, McAvoy's X. They're great. 
but it's everything around them that's garbage. Yeah. Worse. Oh, here, here's Psylocke. Let's uh, literally give her some horrible acting and massive TNA. That is Olivia Munn. She's yeah. she's bad anyway. What she's good for is the yeah. TNA. Horrible. In the Quicksilver scene, how are we going to bump this up? You know, which was still cool. I like that scene. I'm not going to lie. I know, like, but the only reason they did it is because it was so successful in the last exactly, one. Exactly, exactly. And this one didn't, it didn't do as much as that last one did. Oh, man. And let's be honest. Jennifer Lawrence, this movie proves how overrated as an actress she is. She obviously didn't want to put on the makeup. Yeah, I mean, which I understand that part. But I mean... And, She's ready to get out of yeah, it. Yeah, and Hunger Games too, I think. I mean, like, she was good like when she came out to me. But then now she's just like riding that wave. Like, that's me. I'm not an actor. I'm not an actress. I haven't seen Passengers. I want to. Uh, I hear but, bad things. Mm. Might make your list. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, of course, this could be updated if I see anything that I haven't seen. Right. But, you know, we talked about this. You know, I think Lawrence is, I think she's just getting paychecks now and she's just riding that. There's nothing. I see nothing. I mean, they made so many jokes like doing the Passengers uh, press tour about, like, yeah, they did that. Uh, I'll show you after the show, but uh, Chris Pratt versus uh, oh, Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, I did see where some they of that. were making fun of Autumn loves Chris Pratt. She's in love with him. Yeah. Stay away if you're listening, Chris. You're great. I like you. I lo- stay the fuck away from my wife. I, d- I like a uh, roast humor, and that's basically yeah, what, it what is. they're doing. Yeah, it's he's great. like, how's it feel to be in the worst yeah. <laughs> of, of the Marvel movies? <laughs> And she laughed because it's so true. Yeah, yeah. I don't think she wants to be there. But uh, anyway, number one, I'm sure any listener of the podcast anytime recently knows what it is. It's Suicide Squad. Still the worst movie of the year. I have not seen that. I've had, you know. Let me me tell you this. It came out with an extended edition. I uh, acquired it for free dollars. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'll I'll watch it one more time just to make sure I wasn't overreacting. Because, you know... Your mindset when you see a movie can affect stuff. to it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, maybe let's just make sure so I can give an honest opinion when I talk to people who say they like this movie mm-hmm. and defend it as being the best movie of the year on some people's Ooh. lists. Uh, no, I turned it off in 10 minutes because like, I can't watch this again. There's no, like, I don't even know if I got the new stuff. You will not steal my time It again. is garbage. It is, this movie is so bad. I'm sorry. There's, is, there is a element, there's a point-by-point point badness to this film. Females under 18 scored at a 7.7. Love that Joker! To quote Tim Burton's <laughs> Batman, that's probably why. Because I'm, If you think this Joker is good, that there's your problem. Mm. You, you've, if you say anything good about this movie that involves his Joker, you're, A, you're wrong, and B, that discounts anything else you're going to say that's good about this film because C point A, you're wrong. <laughs> the, terrible, terrible. Granted, you're following Heath Ledger, and like you're you're say, you're going method. I don't see how that anything you did, quote unquote, method, Jared Leto is affecting anything on the screen. Stay away from this movie. If you haven't seen it, don't see it. Wow, it's bad. And again, like I, I mean, said I've that, had like, the opportunities to click. I mean, to watch it. If you're gonna experiment with some drugs or something, put that on, and then and then <sighs> maybe that. Like if you're sober and like I just want to watch something, I haven't seen it. Eh, enough Ooh. of this garbage. Let's go to the best. Yeah. On to the good movies. These are ones that if you haven't seen, in my opinion, you should absolutely see. Uh, right. Number 10, I mentioned it earlier, Kubo in the uh, 10 strings, Kubo in the 12 strings, whatever it's called. Uh, is it I, two strings? That's it. Yeah. I knew it was a number. <laughs> I had the number and just added 10 to it, and then I said the wrong thing. But Kubo in the two strings, yeah. uh, same production company as Coraline and all that. It's stop motion. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's phenomenal. Uh, after I yes. watched it, I IMDb'd some of the stuff on it. There's a, 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 a ship's fight scene 
with mm-hmm. ships. It took them, I think, like six months or two years or an Jeez. enormous amount of time to film. Because Probably not that long. <laughs> it was something ridiculous. I'll have to look it up. Maybe six months. You're weeks. actually on the scene right now. That <laughs> yeah. was it. Yeah, that was it. Uh, took them a ridiculous amount of time to film. And then the skeleton scene yeah. in this movie, it was Which the they largest. The yeah, they, they actually that. showed it compared to a real human. The largest stop motion animation puppet ever built. Mm-hmm. Uh, fantastic imaginative film. If you want, like, this is a movie that like could have came out in the eighties, and like, oh, we're and, destroying the eighties. Yeah, but we, with that, with the tone, the subject, the look, and everything, the theme for a kids' movie. That would have been a movie that good. we all talk about if it came out. Yeah, in the 80s. we'd still be like, want you know, we'd be covering on this podcast is one of the best. Now it know? did poorly though. Yeah, it did. that's the sad part about it. Yeah, which the second I saw the trailer, I was like, yeah, this looks awesome. Like, I want to see this. Of course, uh, you know, like our good friends in Tasmania have been uh, Wyatt, like. You know, with the samurai sword, like has an Asian aspect to it. Immediately, like, oh, it's like samurai stop motion. It's got that Asian feel to it. Like, oh, it's gonna be great. Sure enough, fucking great. Uh, now, the reason they made the skeleton so big, I guess, is so he's interacting with the regular size characters. I well, that's assume. true. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, they're on him, pulling the yeah, swords out, and like in his hands, and but it also gives the him a chance to increase the details on him if he's yeah. bigger. And then just but the yeah. freedom, I imagine, like if you know this character is in his hand, this one's on his head. What you can do with the camera work for a stop motion film at that point, yeah. Instead of just you know, because you know, like we said, like that one scene took. I, I have to look it up to tell you how long, but I mean, it was an obscene amount of time for one scene in the film because of the artistry that went into it. And the budget course, was sixty million. The gross mm-hmm. was forty eight. Mm. So go rent it, guys. This is one though that'll stand the test of time. Like you know, people will not give a shit about Secret Life of Pets. But this is one that'll come back. I hope so. Because really I mean, good. same thing with Coraline. Like a lot, of, I'm sure. I know it didn't do good, but you people, still see like, it. Yeah, yeah like because it, it's it caught on. It found its audience on digital now. Like a lot of things are going to do. Well, they made it back on the worldwide. Yeah, but making back is not not the same. Yeah, if it wins <laughs> awards, it still yeah. has a chance of winning. Which awards. I really hope it does. But I mean, that winning that, awards is going to get it some money. So yeah, we'll be all right. Hopefully. Uh, that was number 10. Number nine for me was 10 Cloverfield Lane. Uh, we mm. talked about that on the podcast. Uh, the thing, what I loved about this movie, A, John Goodman was killer in it. B, Mary Elizabeth Winstead was great in it, and she's gorgeous. The writer, <clears throat> the writer of this movie. Which one? And 10 Cloverfield Lane. I know which yes. writer. I just like, uh, I see yeah, a lot of names. so many names. I'll get back to that. You continue. Oh, but uh, one thing I loved, the, yeah. what I loved about this film, oh, writer Whiplash. I don't know that. Yeah, La La Land. Whiplash. But this th- dude is he's making gold yeah, right now. Pretty much. Three years younger than us. Wow. Or five years younger than us. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it up, Jesse. Don't make me come well, I'm over just there. Saying, whenever I hear stuff like in La La Land, the music and everything, I'm like, just like, this guy's younger than me. Yeah. <laughs> what did I do wrong? <laughs> nothing. You did nothing wrong. I know, I know. But one re- the reason I love this movie, you watch the trailer, you have a gist of what the movie's about, but when you watch the movie, you don't have a clue. And yeah. you're, to me, I was guessing and second guessing all the way to the last 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love because they, they made a smart trailer that gave you like, okay, you have a hint of what's happening, but then you're consistently like, wait, wait, okay, maybe not. Well, maybe this, maybe this, maybe, this. oh shit. You know, without spoiling anything, if you haven't seen it, I recommended it. It's, it's, this is one of those hit or miss movies. Some people hated it because of the ending. Mm-hmm. Some, I didn't, I thought it was great. I thought it was great too. I, I loved it. It was New well done, well too. acted. Yeah. Found him online. Oh, that's funny because he also did the playtest episode of Black Mirror, which just watched that about a couple days ago. Which is funny too because Resident Evil Seven comes out Tuesday, and it's first person. 
in a mansion. Oh, see, I never saw that. Uh, Black Mirror. Uh, if you haven't seen Black Mirror on Netflix, no, I've heard plenty oh, of reviews of Black good. Mirror, but yeah, it's a modern just, Twilight Zone, and it's both frightening and amazing at the same time. Which is hard and, for and me true. to watch with the wife because she doesn't like that stuff. Yeah. Well, each of us, like the last few episodes, like hour and a half, but like every other episode's like an hour forty-five, yeah. uh, forty, you know, in that TV show ballpark. But every one of them's like, I think it's fantastic, great, mm-hmm. fantastic series. I've heard great stuff. Uh, but anyway, uh, I had to rearrange some stuff because I made this. <laughs> As Before we supposed to do a podcast, and then I saw a lot of other things to add uh, to it. So uh, number eight for me would be what did I make number eight? I got to look at it here. Uh, Doctor Strange. Mm. Uh, I just enjoy, I just had a hell. I had a fun time. It was yeah. I enjoyed every second of it. I enjoyed the villain. I enjoyed the acting. You had some good chemistry with everybody, and they set it up for not just Thor, but also like Doctor Strange. I look forward to spoiler alert. If you haven't seen Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange or Benedict Cumberbatch. Facing off against Chiwetel at the Forge, or however you pronounce his name, uh, because oh, two f- two phenomenal actors, and I think it's it's going to be. I think what's going to come from Doctor Strange is going to be his even turn better. in the movie was a little odd though. It was quick. It was really quick, yeah. which I, I did notice that. But I was just the whole ride of the movie. I let it. I gave it a pass. Hmm. Uh, Not me. But it was it was very quick. Like it was like, oh, I got the cape now. Okay, now yeah, I got it. But uh, number seven, uh, let me see. Number six, oh, anyways, number seven will be another comic movie, Civil War. The last comic movie on this countdown for the best. It's available now uh, on Netflix. Sure is. Thanks, you Disney and Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Civil War, uh, Winter Soldier, still my favorite Marvel movie, but Civil War picks up right after that. A lot mm-hmm. of the same themes. And, and this is how you do an ensemble movie, uh, Joss Whedon with Avengers 2, which a lot of people really like too. I didn't hate it. A lot it, of but people call this Avengers 3. <laughs> it should be. It honestly should be because it was done right with that many people. Yeah. Everything was balanced. You know, at first, like, I'm just going to shoehorn Spider Man here like they do in every other comic book movie where they add somebody mm-hmm. at the 11th hour. Like they added Wonder Woman and Batman versus Superman, which barely worked with me. Mm. Uh, you know, like, oh, I just got their Spider Man in there and all this. But like, no, it, it, it worked. Yeah. Like the Rousseau brothers did fantastic. The action was great. You know, Zack Snyder, take a look. I love your set pieces. I love like your long shots. But this is this is action. Right. You know, this was this like, comic book action. Yeah. yeah. I mean, still with you know, when Bucky and Cap and, and are fighting Iron Man, I mean that's just every time I watch it, I get my heart speeds up. It, it's still <laughs> it is so epic. And it's a combination of your stunt crew, your actors, your directing. Everything. And they put that's just, how you do like, a comic book movie. One or two seconds of that in the trailer. Yeah, and that was enough to be like, oh, to be like, oh, sh-. Like, just watching the trailer and like they didn't give too much away. Like this is how you do a comic book movie. Yeah. I love the Russo brothers. I mean, Winter Soldier. I mean, that pra- pra- a lot of practical stuff too. Vision is Whoever's not all a choreographer. Makeup. Yeah. Whoever that is, that's what we like. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, all that comes together and phenomenal action movie. You know, it, you it was like with the Dark Knight where you kind of forget you're almost watching a superhero movie. Because yeah. it's where you're really watching a crime movie. You know, this one was like you're watching, you know, a relationship break down. That's when DC had it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> but anyway, uh, number six, uh, Hacksaw Ridge, speaking of Mel Gibson. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. That's one I haven't seen. Uh, it's great. Like, uh, yeah, that's what I hear. Watery discharge at the end for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, okay, here, here let, me, let, me give, let me break this down for you. The night before I watched Hacksaw Ridge, I watched Deepwater Horizon. Uh-oh, Peter Berg, Mark Wahlberg, the Lone Survivor <laughs> crew making another based on a true story movie. And there's also one in the theaters right now called Patriot's Day, which I watched that event unfold. 
where they were had the suspect pinned in the boat and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, in the trailer, there's exploding cars and all sorts of like stuff happening that didn't happen in the Wait, real Wait, what world. movie? Patriot's Day. It's based on the Boston oh, Marathon. Yeah, yeah, there were exploding cars. Yeah, and oh, okay. Oh, well, there was a bomb at the marathon. Yeah, but uh, this is the trailer showing them chase the suspects down. Hmm. Peter Berg and Mark Wahlberg, on behalf of intelligent people who enjoy based on a true story movies being like teaching you something stop making them please <laughs> well if people keep giving them money he's gonna keep making them. i mean it's okay first of all you what i'm getting at is we watched based on a true story Deepwater horizon something that affected us personally because i mean that was right off our coast here at louisiana you know it was better than lone survivor but it still wasn't a good movie because all it does all their movies do and again like i said you shouldn't be making a movie about an event that happened in, what, 2010 and 2016. Mm. There's not enough time to examine it, look at it through an historical eye, right. find what the actual story of it is, and put that on screen. It's more of a concept. They should have called it oil disaster. <laughs> I mean, yeah, or, or, or made it interesting. There's nothing interesting about it. It's yeah. Mark Wahlberg saying, you're going to be okay. I'm going to get you out of here. We're going to do this. You know, and, and bad accents. Uh, granted, Kurt Russell's in it. So the second he showed up, I was like, okay, I can make it. I can make it through this because Kurt Russell's Get in me it. through Kurt. Yes, and he did, thankfully. But uh, it's <laughs> just, it's not good. I mean, there's no point to the did movie. Did someone tell you to watch that? Uh, ben might have mentioned it. Somebody that, mentioned it. Somebody mentioned that Kurt that Russell Kurt was Russell's in it. In yeah. yeah. Now that you, yeah, now that you bring that up, somebody did say, oh, you're going to see. I think it was Ben. Correct me if I'm wrong, Ben. I think he said, are you going to see that? Because <laughs> I know you Russell's hate Mark Russell, yeah. Mark Wahlberg, but Kurt ben. Russell's in it. I think that it was. Ben. Uh, so yeah, uh, if you haven't seen it, Ben, don't watch it. I would not yeah. recommend it. Again, you want to watch a based on a true story? Watch Hacksaw Ridge, one of the best movies of the year. Uh, Spielberg got, a, and rightfully so, was praised for Saving Private Ryan with his depiction of war. Mm-hmm. But Mel, this is Mel Gibson's third war movie, if you want to be technical. Braveheart's a war movie. Uh, we Were Soldiers is a war movie. Oh, no, he didn't direct that. I take it back. I think that was directed by the screenwriter of Braveheart. I take it back. So he has Which only movie? been two. Uh, we Were Soldiers. Oh, I don't yeah. think he directed it. I don't think he was. Yeah. He was in it, but he didn't. I don't think he directed it. Uh, but this is no, Mel didn't. Gibson doing, you know, World War II era, and it's fantastic. Vince Vaughn is in it. He's great. Uh, Hugo Weaving's in it. There's a great scene with him in it that's phenomenal. It's just it's. But here's the difference. Not just because we're talking about historical events separated by 50, 60 years. It's because we're talking about a talented team making a true story and keeping it as true as they can, yeah. as opposed to Mark Wahlberg being a hero and just jumping off of an oil rig and Peter Berg, like, okay, let me give you an example. It is a tragedy that people died. And that, that you know, but when you make a movie where the people just died 10 years ago and you're making this movie now, yeah. where like, you know, the, you know, these people are still not grieving. St- they still are grieving, I should say. I mean, yeah. it's, it's still fresh. There's a scene where this or, the top of the derrick's about to fall. Spoiler alert, and this guy they established earlier as a crane operator who's friends with Marky Mark. I got to stop it. I can use the crane. No, you can't. You'll, you won't make it. I got to do it. And he goes up there. He moves the crane, swings the crane to where it braces and stops it from falling. Okay, okay, okay. I'll give him that. And then Did I, I looked it up. That didn't happen. No. <laughs> of course but not. then here's the thing. This is, there, there was a real crane operator that died, but there, he just got blown off of a railing when it all blew up. Right. Which the scene where it blows up is pretty terrifying. Like, Jesus Christ. And it, that, that was... I, again, I look. I go back after I watch it based on a true story. I look at the aspects. I see what's good. Did they put that in the film based on a true story? Yeah, you know that's like the first thing they, that comes up based on true events. Oh, remember that means based on bullshit for most things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, 
So anyway, the, and then in the film, he blocks the crane thing. Oh, he saved the thing from going. Well, then a piece of wreckage falls. Guess what? It hits the crane thing. Oh, he's dead. A tasteful director would have ended it at that. No, it shows this guy based on a real person. It shows his body cartwheel out, hit a railing. Like we're like, ooh, one of those kind of <laughs> oh, moments. And then fall into the fire. It's like, Jesus Christ, like that's a real guy. Like right. that's a line you don't that's that's His kids are completely like, distasteful. Still in high school, right? <laughs> and let me tell you something else about that movie. A lot of the people, survivors, didn't want this movie made. Yeah. The one of the survivors that helped them just so happens to be the one that's portrayed in the movie by Marky Mark. Hmm. hmm. Just think about that. <laughs> and we move on to talk about Hacksaw Ridge. But you know, and uh this is, Hacksaw Ridge is a good team a good group making a based on a true story mm. and keeping it as real as, and true as possible. Phenomenal movie. A great war movie. Uh, it does something a little different than like, you know, uh, uh, Full Metal Jacket. Or, actually, now think back. It's actually very similar to Full Metal Jacket because the first half of this film is his story getting to Hacksaw Ridge and then the second half is Hacksaw Ridge itself. But you know, I, I was never bored in the beginning. It was very much like... There's a, I can see the people... You're saying, oh, well, it's like Full Metal Jacket. I like the second half better and Hacksaw Ridge, first half better and Full Metal Jacket. Okay, if you like the first half, understand if you like the first half of Full Metal Jacket better in terms of rewatchability, I do too. But if you don't appreciate or like the second half, your opinion's invalid because the second half is one of the most brutal war things you've ever seen on film. Thank you, Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> uh, but anyway, moving the countdown up, number five, one of the funniest movies I've ever seen, The Brothers Grimsby. Still watched it just the other night with some guys. Still crack up every single time I watch it. <laughs> that, was, mm, that was 2016. Uh, it was 2016 when I saw it. Uh, so I'm giving it a pass, even if it says 2015. I, yeah, it is 20. Wow, it seems like it was so long ago. Well, it, yeah, March. So it, you know, it came out oh, okay. early in the year. So yeah, phenomenal. Mark Strong, one of the greatest actors out there. I mean, if you haven't seen this, don't watch it with, you know, somebody who has a weak stomach. This is a Borat caliber, gross, funny movie. It's goofy as hell, If you like Borat, there's no reason I don't think you would not love this movie. It is so freaking funny. (laughs) I've seen it four times, and I still laugh every time I watch it. It's great. So if you haven't seen it, go watch it. I don't want to spoil any of the funny stuff. Just watch it. It's it's great. I love it to death. Uh, let me see. Where's my writing here? Number four, uh, The Nice Guys with Gosling and uh, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Yeah, I saw that. Fantastic. Just fantastic movie. Like Made me go back and watch Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Mm-hmm. Which, Same writer. I don't Shane think Black. I'd seen that before. Really? Yeah, it was very good. I've only good. seen it once, and, it, and I just oh, remember man, it was It made great. me laugh a whole lot. Yeah. That Shane, ba- Shane Black quality. Like, yeah. like good Shane Black. I enjoy that more than Nice Guys, but I really enjoyed Nice Guys. Yeah, not, I mean, the chemistry with Crow and Gosling, mm-hmm. they're, them playing off each other. Imagine Lethal Weapon, but in the 70s. And that's kind of... Yeah, I accidentally watched like three Gosling movies. <laughs> accidentally? <laughs> accidentally. Wink, like, wink, right. Well, I was yeah. watching movies like, he was He's in the last dude. movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was by accident. All right, uh, top three time. Mm. My... Of the ones I've seen so far, haven't seen La La Land, haven't seen some of the other big ones, haven't seen Moonlight. La La Land was excellent. Uh, Want to see it. That. So this list could change, but as of what I've seen. I like uh, musicals, so. So number three for me, Arrival, the science fiction it's Amy Adams. List to watch. So I'm not going to spoil a damn thing, but it, the, another thing, every aspect of this film, directing, music, acting, 
everything about it is fantastic and just immersive and mindfuck. <laughs> this is science fiction. It's one of the best science fiction films to come out in a long time in terms of like pure science fiction. Uh, also, it was great seeing Forrest Whitaker in it, who's also in the number two film we're about to talk about. But uh, I didn't know this, but after watching it, I was like, this director's fantastic. What else has he done? Oh, he did Prisoners with Hugh Jackman and Gyllenhaal. I like that one. He also did Sicaro, which was fantastic last year. Mm-hmm. And he's also the one doing the new Blade Runner, also starring Ryan Gosling, which after seeing Arrival, fuck yeah. Mm. This is the guy that can, that if, if Blade Runner sucks, that means, he, that means Arrival was a fluke. But everything I've seen that he's done, I've liked. And the way Arrival was handled with the look and just everything about it, like I was even watching, I was like, I was like this is like Blade Runner, but atmosphere, but today. Mm. Like our world, not science fiction, or not uh, in the future, I should say. Phenomenal. If you haven't seen Arrival, avoid spoilers and watch it. If you like science fiction, it's fantastic. In, in terms of like best, it's actually better of a movie than number two, which is Rogue One, but I love Star Wars. And these are my favorite films of right. 2016. So Rogue One, number, number two. number two of uh, most popular on IMDb. Oh, should be. It's fantastic. Best, yeah. you know, it's, it's, I can't say where this place is in the... That's just know, most popular. <laughs> in Star Wars, in the order of the films. Uh, but, you know, number one worst movie of the year was Suicide Squad. This is the real Suicide Squad. So if you haven't seen Rogue One, there's a spoiler. I just told you about it, but uh, <laughs> Sorry. But you should have seen it by now if you're a Star Wars fan. Uh, but Rogue One, it captured oh, twice. It captured that feel of this. Is how you do a prequel, but you still honor the originals. And people are like, oh, the CG oh. people and all that. I didn't care. That's all you could do if you want to tell this story and have that character there. That's what you have to do now. You know, at that point, yeah. at that point when it came out, uh, Peter Cushing was dead, and Carrie Fisher, God rest her soul. We haven't done a podcast. Our first post Carrie Fisher podcast. Think it's good to, a lot of people died in the last few Yeah, and that, since we podcasted last. Uh, and strangely enough, Miguel Ferrer died just the other day, who was Bob Morton in RoboCop. And, yeah, uh, yeah. And he's the one who read Carrie Fisher's lines to her to help her learn the lines for Star Wars. They were good friends. Oh, wow. I didn't even know he had cancer. I always loved him. He was a great actor. Thankfully, he finished, unlike her, he was, he's in the, he was in Twin Peaks, so he's in the remake, or the update. Yeah. He finished his stuff, so he'll, we'll see him again in March for wow. Twin Peaks. Which I've always liked him as an actor, so I was I was like I was like oh shit man yeah. I didn't even know he was sick you know but I always that's always part liked of being him. old it's gonna yeah. happen a lot well now, and now that's what you know 2016 was a wake up call for us 80s kids yeah because now our heroes are dying yeah like not I mean, just that one tragic one for the year like bam 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 well it's also like stars were being made so many more than. B- Ever yeah. before. Yeah. So that's why they're just going to stack up now. Exactly. It's just going to get worse. That's why people are like, I can't wait for this year to be over. Like, yeah, people are still going to die. But honestly, yeah, that's your really sucks. Yeah, but I mean, it was, well, I mean, Bowie dies. Two days later, Alan Rickman dies. I mean, it was just like, bam. Like, every I mean, five seconds, it was somebody big. Even besides that, we had the flood here. Yeah. My we dog died. Yeah. I mean, I'll, uh, my mom's dog died. Yeah. My grandmother it's, died. I mean, my grandmother died. My aunt know, died. 2016 was a rough year for everybody in this area, even without, yeah. you know, it, nobody gives a shit about celebrities dying. I mean, right. you know, it sucks. In the grand scale of you things, know, But, yeah. I mean, we, like, when people talk how bad 2016 was, unless you lived here, yeah. I think we got a little leg up on you. <laughs> of course, I'm not saying if you know, your family died in a car crash or something. I'm not, right. I'm not discounting that. I'm just saying, like, Citizens of Baton Rouge had a really rough year, and mm-hmm. then all the pop culture stuff and just everything else. I mean, it was, it was a rough year for everybody. But we had it bad here. It was <laughs> yeah. a 2016 was a bad year. Yeah, yeah. Period. But yeah, uh, so haven't seen Nice Guys? Wrap it up. See it. Rogue One number two. Go see if you haven't seen it. It's fantastic. You know, they, what's, what's going on? If you they did a great it. job. 
And then number one, my so far again, haven't seen La La Land, haven't seen some a couple of other ones that are really getting Oscar buzz and big ones. Uh, speaking of Ben Foster, Hell or High Water, I completely like wow. fell into this movie. Have you seen it? No, I'm gonna see it now because I love a good western. It's well, the thing is, it, it's, well, it's it's third it's a, credit it's, it's a modern <laughs> it's a modern day movie, but That's it's fine. it's I mean, got well, it's like John Carpenter does in Assault on Precinct Thirteen or uh, Vampires. It has it's a it is a western in theme, yeah, and it has that look. And I mean, Jeff Bridges is playing the cop again. I mean, he's he's doing enough of a different job to not be Rooster Cogburn from True Grit again. <laughs> uh, but his his dynamic with his uh, other deputy, and then Chris Pine and Ben Foster as brothers, phenomenal. It's a great movie. Wow. And the leading up to the end, I'm I was on the edge of my seat. Like I was so anxious. I was like. Like I had, we had to pause it and like okay, let's refill our drinks, go to the bathroom. Uh, we got to know what ha- like oh please <laughs> please like this thing don't happen and all that. like you're just anxious the whole time. And the the last damn like conversation of the movie is so good. This and like I don't really I never really cared for Chris Pine because all I've seen I've seen him in was Star Trek and then uh, Finest Hours which he wasn't that good and he was great in this. Like he did a good job. Like he he has a future outside of being Captain Kirk and like what William Shatner had. Where he's hmm. always compared to Captain Kirk. Sorry, Bill. But uh, yeah, uh, so far that's my number one. It's wow. it's it is fantastic on all aspects: music, feel, directing, tension, acting. It's the best film of the year that I've seen so far. So that's my number I one. We'll have to watch that. So if, check it out, Jesse. Let me know what you think about it. Hmm. Uh, and again, if it, it, it basically if you only see one movie this year. You need to see Rogue One if you're a Star Wars fan. Yeah. That's my personal, like, oh, that, that was the movie I was most excited for. Mm-hmm. And honestly, until the last couple months, or of 2016, I should say, like, you know, I was, I mean, Autumn had this conversation. I mean, some other friends had the conversation. I ain't seen you in a while, Jesse, since the ugly sweater party. We didn't really <laughs> get to talk too much then. Like, this year, like, up until the end of the year, there was really not that many good movies. I was, like, scratching my head, what... What good movies came out this year? Yeah. Like, what? It, what is going to be... What is even going to be nominated? Yeah. You know, and this near was. the end of the year, that's like now we're you know La La Land came out not too long ago, and I say not too long ago when we're in mid January, but uh you know that was late 2016. A lot of these really big movies were the tail end of 2016, so the end of the year it pulled out some good ones. Hmm. Oh, look, we were talking about this earlier. Uh, best motion picture animated, like the competition that uh, Kubo is going to have, Moana and Zootopia. Zootopia mm. overrated. <laughs> Uh, whatever. I Moana mean, was fantastic. Zootopia has been on Netflix for so long. I guess that keeps it uh, relevant. And a lot of, I think, I'm, I just honestly, I think more people saw it than Kubo. Oh, for sure, for sure. Just because of that exposure. But uh, Kubo was by far the best anime movie I've seen this year. Moana be a close second. Moana was great. Really enjoyed that. Uh, I don't like how people are comparing to Frozen. Well, it's the same company, or the, that know, same division of animation. Yeah, um, it's not Frozen. Like I, I, I saw Frozen, Frozen once at the theater. And that's all I've ever seen Frozen. I managed to avoid it. Granted, I don't have a little kid. Oh man, Frozen's so good. Like the music for it is way better than uh, Moana's music, in my opinion. Did you listen to the Moana soundtrack? I watched the movie and oh, oh you have it. seen them. Okay, so yeah, yeah. I, I, I um, misunderstood you. <laughs> Lin Manuel Miranda, as talented as he is, reprises the hell out of his soundtracks. True. If you that, hear that reprise a, came, I noticed that. I did. Oh I did like it. God. I like that. I like that song. Yes. 
But when she sang it the first time, have you heard the Hamilton soundtrack? I've not made it all the way through because it's it's the touring company's coming to New yeah, Orleans yeah, next year, true. so I kind of want to go into it without knowing Ooh, everything now. So but I might just have reprisals. to listen to it. <laughs> so many reprisals. That's, that's style, my, I guess. It is. It must be. But I mean, but he didn't always do that. Um, he did um, Washington. What's this? The one in Washington Heights. Uh, his first thing he did, uh, first whatever it was, he didn't do it. He didn't have all these reprisals in that. Mm-hmm. And of course, I forget the name of it now. In the Heights, that's it. Oh, I don't even gotcha. need to see it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was his first musical on stage, and it just didn't have all those reprisals. But <laughs> yeah, we listened to the Moana soundtrack in the car. And it's also very short because of that reason. Yeah, um, we're like, oh, it's already over. <laughs> But um, as a movie, it was okay. I mean, it had some standout songs in it. Uh, You're Welcome is probably the most standout one in my mind. Well, also, like, I liked it a lot better than Frozen. A, it's a little more of an action movie. Mm. In terms of a movie, I like. Now, I think you're dead on with the songs in Frozen. They were so unique and different. Oh, yeah. Whereas this one, there was that very musical quality to it with the reprisal of the song and the meaning, how the meaning of the song changes at the end and all that stuff. But also, my grandmother just died. And I go watch this movie, and I, when when the show they're going, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna, yeah, bu- well. I'm, I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bust in, I'm gonna, I'm the oldest person in this fucking theater. But as soon as and I I'm gonna her, I'm like, bust oh, out, gonna la- yeah, exactly. And like, I'm like, they're gonna make her like the MacGuffin in the film that's guiding her. I'm like, oh god. And like, there were points like where you know hit me like that, like uh, recognizing that. Mm-hmm. But the movie never had that moment where I was like, it when it, they had that moment in the movie, but they didn't do it. It wasn't the music when every it didn't crescendo enough to like hit me and it should it should have based on what my life experience uh but that song the one that they were pri- i don't even know the name of the songs but the one they were prized about yeah, her yeah. that she sang i like that was my favorite song mm-hmm. but again like you said there it is again <laughs> yeah. there it is again and the whole sequence with the coconut pirates that's one of my favorite things i've ever seen oh, in an really? animated movie <laughs> just yeah. just them i want the, the minions get their own fucking movie but give these fucking coconut dudes their own movie i want to <laughs> see them just go around terrorizing people I love that part. Also, Moana, I didn't like how it didn't really have an established villain. Yeah. Like, well, actually, I thought it was really cool that the big bad was, spoiler alert, the person they were trying to save. Right. I like that. But also, the big bad never made an appearance. Yeah. Uh, until the well, very end. Yeah, very end. Uh, I mean, you saw the effects of them, but there should have been a more direct effect. Like, we should have seen that person actually killing the fish at the beginning or something like you know yeah to establish the villainy yeah so i know who the hell we're supposed to hate yeah. you know well, told and in frozen had a great twist yeah ha 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 yeah <laughs> i'm a murderer yeah i mean this guy has been the good guy the whole time yeah. and then all of a sudden in a kid's like, movie too yeah, you know i mean no when you look at the the plot of frozen like yeah. that's pretty adult for a kid a beloved now kids movie to where whoa because <laughs> because it was right at the climax where okay in disney movies this is where you would kiss her yeah and he's like no, no. That's where I stab you in the back, bitch. <laughs> and and when I remember watching the first time, I was like, oh, wow, you know. Yeah, it was great. Like, yeah. But uh, um, Mono be my honorable mention. It was actually on my list until I saw Hacksaw Ridge Arrival, um, and it got bumped off. Yeah, but the right the musicians for um, Frozen, uh, Robert. Uh, I know you. I yeah. can see their face. Him and the girl. It's Book of Mormon. Going, yeah. Avenue Q. Wait, I mean, phew, those soundtracks stick with me. So, nope. that's just me. Oh, well, why the hell do they glow? Yeah. I'm <laughs> 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 
if you scroll over the characters, they start glowing. Oh, and they get bigger. Oh, I see why they glow. Ah. <laughs> oh, the whole tiger shark part was hilarious. It was just half of one. Yeah. Like that part was that. Oh, Rock's man, great. The Rock was great. Yeah. Yeah. I and a great that. character for him. And I like how they got some nobody to be her. Yeah. Um, but she was good. She was great. And she was like, great, yeah. Uh, but my problem with it was the lack of a good villain and the reprisals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Understandable. But, yeah. well, that does it for our Welcome Back episode of 80s Revisited. Uh, don't forget, as always, you can reach us via email, agevisit at gmail.com, at Awesome Pods on Twitter, at Awesome Pods on Facebook. Give us a like and keep a check with us on there. And as always, we want to give some shout out to our good friends uh, who we uh, spread the local podcast movie genre love and all that kind of fun stuff. John and James at Now vs. Nostalgia. They haven't had an episode out in longer than we have, but hey, I keep the faith, my friends. And also, never forget our good friend, Tasmania Ben Wyatt, Ben the Tasmanian Devil Wyatt, coming in with the Asia Mania podcast. He's he doesn't miss a beat with his. He went to Japan and still put some out. So mm. he does he does yeah, very well. So good job on that, Ben. And also... Good uh, work, Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, remember, he also did like one a day for a month. So, hey. I know. Hats off, Ben the Iron. That was overachieving. Yeah. <laughs> now he's just rubbing it in our face. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, and also, uh, for those familiar with Awesome Podcast Network, uh, former Geekly Dose host uh, Tim Bridgewater has his own new podcast now about the mm-hmm. new uh, Dragon Ball cartoon that's out. Yep. Uh, so look that Dragon up on Ball Facebook Super. and uh, on our page. It was shared there, too. So you'll, if you're looking for that, uh, if you listen to his Legend of Korra podcast, that's all that same kind of Very genre. Similar, so, yeah. you know, give him a like and listen and spur him on while he's doing this thing out there in California. So I had to teach him some XML for that. <laughs> Because he's doing it all now, you know. Yep. He's doing. I don't have my hand in that one. I just show up in my limousine, take my sunglasses off, drink my <laughs> coconut water, and talk. And Jesse yeah. goes back to his dungeon and does all the hard work. <laughs> That's the way it works around here at the Awesome Podcast Network. Yeah. But we appreciate it. Thank you. I hope hopefully you're still listening. Hopefully you kept us subscribed. This new one pops up, and you're like, "Holy shit! What is? They're this? not dead. I remember? And this. they listen to it. So long away to Beetlejuice <laughs> episode finally out. And we'll be back shortly with our next episode. Sorry, it's a Christmas story, but uh, (laughs) it was supposed to come out a lot sooner than this. But I already got all the notes written, so we're going to go ahead and cover it. And if if that way, it's at least on the books. And we can have (laughs) Ralphie on the books for a contestant in the 100-character face-off when we get to that point. Shortly, I guess. Sometime soon. <laughs> he's going to shoot his own <laughs> preview. In whatever battle he's in, he shoots his own eye out, and that and he loses. So. Can he still win? That's the question. <laughs> or he shoots the other part. We'll see. It depends on who he's matched up against. Yeah. Anything can happen. It's true. Anything at all. Very true. Pee Wee Herman could crush somebody's head with a rock. <laughs> or whoever it was. I forget. I have to go back and listen to him now. Hmm. That was a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. It's good to be back, and we got a lot of content coming your way. And until next time, I remain Trey Harris. Yes, he said you leave. Cowabunga! This show and more on Facebook.com slash AwesomePods. And follow us on Twitter at AwesomePods. 